It is Sunday evening. It is the 1st of October. We have segued into the spooky season, but don't be too afraid. The CSP lads are still here to talk to you about wrestling, about films, about life. And we're going to do so over the course of the next few hours. I hope you'll enjoy it. I'm one of your hosts, Barry. Joining me, as always, are my co-hosts. First of all, Paul. I should have watched the Halloween movie today. I didn't even think about it. I actually did manage to just squeeze one in. I've actually I actually watched a couple, but they were in September, so they don't count. But uh, I got a I got a somewhat scary film in there uh, just before the buzzer um, uh, today. So we'll, we'll we'll kick off our spooky festivities uh, shortly. Also with us, oh, I'm too late now. We should have done a Simpsons credits uh, Halloween. You know. Also with us is is Boo, which is like Joe with a couple of letters swapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. Right. <laughs> spooky spooky Ooh. how are we doing boys i was away last week i i, I you know I, I trusted you to to keep the ship running um i was up in in the country uh uh the countryside right. specifically uh watching the ireland south africa game through a window <laughs> from like the smoking area of a pub uh i got the gist of it we won um you know it was so a bloody fun. good game it was bloody good. I'm not a rugby man, but uh, obviously I've followed Ireland's. Um, and it's kind of funny because it was like we actually had a competitive game this time uh, against like a proper like ranked team as opposed to like mm. demolishing countries that have populations of like half a million people. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, uh, but back this week to talk a whole bevy of things. This is, of course, Wrestle Dream Eve, I'm dreaming of a wrestle dream. Have that one. I mean, I was going to say have that one, Tony Khan, but he's got he got a pretty good theme song for this. Oh, I gotta the theme say. song's banging. Theme song's great. Oh, it is great. Oh, 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 well done. So he's really he's pulling out all the stops. We like, let's let's just jump into let's jump into Wrestle Dream here because I think this is actually a pretty interesting card. Let's do it. And when so I didn't so I didn't kind of catch this. Was it during the press conference that they started bigging up the new era of AEW? I did air quotes there, listeners. Mm. I don't know where that term started coming it's, about, but that seems to be the thing. Yeah, they're saying. He, it, it all, it's been all over the place. Kind of some of the ads, some of the some of the press conferences. I don't know. What do we think? Do we want to do predictions of what this means? Well, I, tell I, you, I don't know if it's gone. It's working because I'm totally excited for whatever it's going to be. Well, they're, they're back. They're back. That's right, folks. CM Punk back. It's a new era. <laughs> <laughs> new show. New show. Tuesday nights. Do you like watching TV on Tuesdays? Well, <laughs> it's great. If Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday isn't good for you, I got another one. Uh, no, I, I will. I think the two most popular theories are Edge, which I wouldn't I wouldn't build up a new era about a guy showing up. I no, even it wouldn't matter if it was The Rock. I wouldn't build up new era as a person. Right. Uh, so I'd say that. And Edge, Edge isn't quite on, on the Gabo level. <laughs> no, he's not Gabo. Yeah, yeah. Look, Smithers, Edge is coming. Uh, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> and the second most popular theory, which I would probably hang my hat on, is will they announce the award-winning AEW Network? Uh, uh, or the award-winning Max, you know, will they will they announce a streaming deal of some of some ilk? Uh, because we're pretty much we're we're pretty much galloping towards twelve pay-per-views a year here. I mean, it's it, you know, uh, you, Forbidden Door has become a regular thing. They just added this one. Uh, I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna keep popping up, you know. Um, so 
I'll hang my head on that. The, the annoying thing about that, if that is the news, is it'll probably end up being a thing we can't, as Europeans, can't actually do. Because if it's a max deal, it'll probably be, and the rest of you just keep ordering on fight. That's probably what it'll be if it is yeah. a, a, a a max deal that's, for that's the true, Americans. But it's it's an America centric company, so of course, oh, of course, yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a heavily, heavily, heavily WBD invested company as well. Mm, exactly. Um, so. feels, they, feels they, like talk of, of that coming over here has completely silenced in the last couple of months or, or what, last year. Max, yeah, yeah. Although they do, you know, they are part owners now in in the new BT Sport or TNT Sport as it's yeah. known. And all of the well, the interesting thing actually. So if if you have the Discovery Plus app, you can now get all of the sport on there. So the Premier League really? is now on Discovery Plus. Wow, and, I didn't and know they, that. They, they push it. They push WWE. it very hard. They push yeah. it very hard on on TNT. Yeah. So like, so how how how? Uh, just out of curiosity, because I'm obviously not being a sport, but how, how is the like streaming? Is it good? Is it like a good quality stream to watch a live thing or? Yeah, I mean they've had live sport for a while. They did the Olympics. They do okay, tennis yeah. and other stuff. So it's it's not. It's not like amazing, but it's you know good enough. Good enough to watch um, it. And all yeah, WWE's on on there though. It's the only thing. So it's kind of like mm. AEW. <laughs> Are they going to put it on there? Of course not, because WWE's on this. I don't know. And or, or maybe the BT deal with WWE expires. I don't know. That's been a few years now since yeah. that deal happened. So maybe they go somewhere else. I don't know. Very, actually, yeah, That's probably the thing. stay on fight. Let's be honest. But anyway, that's that is the funny thing about this kind of like globalized like entertainment market we're in where we're all on mm. the internet and we're all up to like you know people in the uk are watching the same television shows as in the us as in brazil as in japan mm. but everything is still for another couple of years at least still very much tied into this kind of rights are different from region to region and this mm. conglomerate has signed this bajillion dollar deal with WWE, but only for the US. If you're still in the UK, yeah, a completely yeah. different conglomerate gets that deal. And it's kind of, we're not quite at the stage yet where, where, you know, uh, absolutely everything goes on WWE network around the, around the world simultaneously. That's probably another 10, God knows how many years off, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting, interesting landscape. But yeah, I, I think, I think a, a max deal of some description would be a big enough thing for them to tout to their, to American fans at least saying, Hey, 10 bucks a month you can watch us and sopranos you know what i mean i think that's i think that's a good enough um a thing to 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 call a new era um any any other any other stabs in the dark as to what we'd uh what we'd be looking at um B- bunch of debuts yeah shane mcmahon he's in <laughs> stephanie to, to broker to, to broker the streaming deal yeah okay Ste- stephanie, oh, stephanie is stephanie is commissioner Oh God! Yeah. Oh no! General manager of Collision and general manager of Dynamite. <laughs> Let's, all right, now I'm back in. All right, there we go. <laughs> We've, we're oh God, the invasion. There we go. Oh, bragging right, AEW bragging rights. And then when um, when Levesque gets fired, he can take over Rampage. Nah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right um, though in that it'll be something more on the company side. Than necessarily story. Although what you said about multiple debuts, I I think you could do if you got multiple heavy hitters. I think you could call that a new era because that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think one guy. I think, can I think be it's going to be. Well, I think it's going to be something on the company level, and they'll hang from that some some major debuts, and it'll all be a big package. Like okay, let's say it is hypothetically the max thing. You want to make that as big a presentation as possible to you know sell it and also to appease the warner brothers discovery etc 
on top why not have on top of an Edge debut, a Mercedes Monet debut, mm. etc. 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 Mm. Right. So I mean the 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 thing that's obviously also planted a lot of uh, breadcrumbs for people is the fact that it was seemingly hinted at, if not explicitly stated, that the Christian match is going on in the main event. Well, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that has to be Edge then. <laughs> I mean, I love Christian and Darby is great and probably one of the best things in the company right now, but there could be, there'd be no reason for that to be going on ahead of like Swerve and, and, and Hangman and Danielson and, and Zach. If, yeah. if it's not, if it's not, Darby um, made a reference in in a promo to it being his first time main eventing a pay per view. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. If you're, yeah, I, I, I mean, they're great. I'm not trying to undermine that, but there's, there's no reason to do that unless Adam the Corner Copeland is 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 showing up <laughs> um, uh, in to do that. Um, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's run down this card here. I think this is quite a good card uh, for uh, Wrestle Dream. I think quite a good from... card is an understatement. Yeah, it's a very good card. It's from it's, this is from this is the... Probably the best card they've ever put out. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Let's let's take a look at it. Uh, I mean, I was about to say, uh, how does it compare to like All Out Twenty One? Which actually, the idea of debuting multiple people to signify a new era, they actually kind of did that because All Out Twenty Twenty One was very much it was Punk's yeah. first match, and then. Danielson and Cole showed up, so I suppose they have they have precedent for here's new people. We're we're, we're going, you know. Anyway, let's look at this character. We we'll started the pre-show. Uh, um, we've got uh, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn against Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, and Bad Dude Tito, which is you know <laughs> even the best <laughs> shows those are not all ten yeah. out of ten matches. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the main event. yeah, it's it's you know the acclaimed. It's, every time I see the acclaimed these days, it's kind of like okay, so it's so the acclaimed can go out and do the rap and win in like five minutes or whatever. Uh, yeah. Luchasaurus versus Nick Wayne uh, should be pretty good. I did enjoy Luchasaurus like demolishing Darby, whatever that show was there a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this could be another version of that, which would be good. Uh, John, I, I, so I'm, I'm reading some of these matches for the first time. Josh Barnett versus Claudio Castagnoli. That might be that might be pretty great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. When did they announce that? Did they just like what? what when did that? Uh, collision. A collision. Collision. Night. Okay. Oh yeah. And this is such a a a, 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 a fire pro random match, but I kind of love it. Shane Taylor and Lee Moriarty, Diamante and Mercedes Martinez versus Satoshi Kojima, Keith Lee, Athena, and Billy Starks. What a collection of eight people! For uh, uh, this this uh, beautiful Inoki tribute uh, 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 show here, I feel um, like the, the the theory would be that Barnett was originally going to wrestle Mox. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. yeah, good theory. Yeah, the other the other theory I saw with that was that he could he given who is now facing him that he could have been penciled in for Shibata. Um, uh, that that was uh, but yeah, uh, this and you know what? This is actually uh, I look at this pre-show and this is kind of following a conversation we had about All In, which was. Maybe scrap your fake panel and your 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 uh, big show angle. Get a couple of matches on there for the poor folks who aren't maybe heavily featured. Who I mean, it would have been nice for them to be on Wembley. So this one, you've got your Keith Lee out there, Athena, Claudio. You know, these are people who should be on these shows in some capacity, right? It doesn't hurt to fling them out there on the. And mm-hmm. so they've got a nice. They've got uh, that's a that's a pretty tightly packed. It's usually an hour or two hours. Hour and I guess. a half, I think it is. Hour today. and a half, yeah. So that's a nice tightly packed pre-show there with a lot of names that it'll be nice to see um, uh, on that show. Uh, looking into the main card, then Ricky Starks versus Wheeler Utah should be good. I know. Yeah, yeah. 
It only occurred to me as I was watching Collision that Utah is the babyface in that match. Yes, yeah. Well, kind of, Starks is kind of in a weird position because it's like the the because they I guess they didn't get to it um, on air, but they showed the kind of off air clip of Danielson and Starks shaking hands or whatever. Um, so it's weird. Like, yeah, like yeah, I guess you as the baby face, but even though he only just turned heel and he's doing really good, it feels like once again, the problem, Starks is one of those guys though, where he's great as a heel, but he's so good that then people want to root for him and they want to yeah. root for Ricky Starks. I think that's part of his problem. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. on Collision, Yuta was teaming with Danielson and FTR. So, I mean, he seems to be pretty solidly on the face side for the time being. Obviously, we know Blackpool combat club yeah. can kind of oscillate, flick back and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 you know, Starks is still with Big Bill in that, so yeah. But that would be a great match, no doubt about that. Probably be a, probably be a great opener if it is the opener. Yeah, little, little sleeper gem in there. Uh, Young Bucks versus the Guns versus the Lucha Brothers uh, versus Orange Cassidy and Hook. Uh, four way for the who the fuck are the champions? <laughs> oh, a future tag title match. I was like, oh, I was like looking at this list of names. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, future title shot on the line here, and this one. Uh, this will be your kind of your your, your AEW action eight man time. Yeah, eight people going crazy. It'll probably be pretty good. Interesting to see Hook in that scenario. You know, um, one of those matches that the Bucks do where they make it look so easy to just be in the right spot at the right time. Mm. Everything flows, and uh, for a, a guy, you know, and they do it at such a high level as well. For a, a, a youngster to be in that kind of mix would be super interesting. So I, I'm curious how he does. Yeah, I wonder as um, well if if Cassie's placement in this match was also a side effect of the Moxie injury because he seems like possible. weirdly yeah. after after all that's been building up with him in the title. The first pay-per-view after he's teaming with Hook in an eight-man tag match seems a little bit off, but that might have been a pivot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have been. Yeah, I, I could see them nearly going doing a rematch or I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't love, I mean, in isolation, I think the team's okay. I don't love this as Cassidy's post-international title direction. No. It's not doing much for me. Do we think they, I, they could, they would make sense as the people to get the shot here. All these other matches look pretty dry. You know, we've seen yeah, boxing. I think so. seen ones. I think, yeah. I think Cassidy and, and, and hook uh and that would be if that because uh, you know ftr i mean that would be hooks had some good matches that would be if that match does happen and, and if that's a pay-per-view match that's like hooks big opportunity okay now you've got the chance to have a re- have a fucking great match with three other guys in the match who are excellent you know well i'm hoping that uh, it'll, it won't be ftr but we'll get to that in a minute well even even if it's the other guys even if it's the other team in that match still two excellent uh, guys to go against so we'll get to that uh Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart for the TBS title now i think it's probably too soon to take the title off of Chris Statlander but you can't you can't help but feel like there's a little bit of momentum behind the Julia Hart thing at the moment oh, uh, sure. more so than any any of her stable mates i think um yeah what are we what are we thinking on this one uh, I, th- I think Julia Hart should win. Okay. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think Joe and I effused last week about how out of nowhere Julia Hart has come as this character worth keeping an eye on. With the best moons or ever. BME. Literally. Yeah, Chris Daniels. BME. Can, can now go into retirement. He's, he's no longer <laughs> needed. <laughs> he bequeaths it like he passes it down, pass the torch. Um, yeah, best like one of the best entrances in the company. Like. Best I love I love that the House of Black, the the the, the crowd and everything. I love that the House of Black have 
totally unique entrances that that feel thematically connected to each other but they're all that's great i mean they they nailed that mm. stuff and she's got a great one uh yeah i i would be i would be interested to see that i think i think um uh statlander could fill the role of a of a kind of women's division orange cassidy and just having good matches weekly on tv but you know, uh, and it's funny because I, sometimes I feel like Tony Khan doesn't go with the hot hand. Do you know what I mean? He he doesn't mm. he doesn't realize. Oh, you know, Judy Hart's after picking up steam in the last four weeks. Let's let's do it now. If he's if his plan is Chris Statlander's having a six month reign and we'll, we're going to really go with Julia next year, I don't think he's going to. He doesn't. He just looking back on the last four years of AEW, he kind of his plan is his plan. Mm. But a bit of intrigue in that result. So I'm I'm into that. Uh, Eddie Kingston defending both his ROH title and his strong uh, New Japan strong title against Katsuyori Shibata should be great. Um, uh, I mean, I, I didn't think Eddie was losing anyway, but I don't think Shibata's winning a New Japan uh, uh, approved belt currently. I don't see that on the cards. He'd be, um, he'd be, he'd be triple champion if he won. They'd have to yeah, subsidize he's, he's, he's his, pure, like, isn't he? Yeah. He's the pure champion. He'd be carrying three belts mm. around. They'd have to pay for his uh, sh- shipping that around his, the world. Yeah. yeah but he'd, have one, he'd have one check bag that was just belts. <laughs> exactly. Like, I've got my three, my three world titles and also a, a, just some things to help my pants as well. But, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> my boots. Has any, has any wrestler done that gimmick where they've been champion and they actually loop their championship belt through some loops in their pants? <laughs> it would have I to be a very, very big enough. loop. Yeah. It'd be a very slender. It'd have to be like like at the nineteen Dickety two uh, NWA uh, like uh, um, down south middleweight <laughs> championship or some shit like that. Anyway, that would be a uh, great um, Jericho Appreciation Society bit. Given the whole Vince McMahon, don't say belt. Belt holds your pants up. Oh my god! You're actually yes, yeah, yeah. How did the guy, the sports entertainment parody guys not not come up with that? Um, uh, up next, we have the presumed possible main event here. Christian Cage versus Darby Allen. Two out of three falls match for the TNT Championship. Um, it's going to be excellent. excellent. It's going to be excellent. I mean, yeah, you can't really... Can't. Is Luchasaur, did they put any kind of Luchasaurus's band or anything at all like this on that? I don't think they did. I mean, no. Darby, they did a, a sit-down um, face-to-face where Darby had oh, yes, yeah, said... Yeah beat me on your own if you got any balls don't bring Luchasaurus out so I assume it's just going to be one on one regardless of whether or not Edge shows up even if he does show up I I would hope Darby wins I I, I know I mean Darby's character is that one that can lose a bajillion times it's not that big a deal but like I they've beaten the guy a lot and he's he's been pummeled and he's been ridiculed and he's been left bloody and dead and I'm like Let's get, you know, I mean, Christian is the best. Don't get me wrong, but like, let's let's get Darby. This, this I think so. I, I, I love let's Christian get. with the belt, um, and the whole character. His character stuff he's been doing has been, I mean, the best stuff he's done since t- two thousand five, at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it makes sense for Darby to win in his hometown. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some. You know, they they alluded in the promo to not bring Luchasaurus out. Well, does that mean that somebody else couldn't get involved? And of course. Nick, and Nick Wayne, for example. There's obviously been some Christian Nick Wayne interplay the last few weeks. Mm. You might see something unexpected happen there. Um, but I think the match will be will be very, very good. More important. Absolutely. Uh, uh, 
this is such a bizarre match. Uh, Jericho and Omega and Ibushi against Takeshita, Guevara, and Will Ospreay in a six-man tag. Um, I don't know. Like, so first of all, have we all seen the picture of Kenny Omega shooting the Don Callis and Takeshita <laughs> angle? That's yeah. great. That's fucking great. On his phone as well. They didn't even give the guy a camera. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I don't know. Um, uh, I'm kind of just... Because, like, Callis is really good, and Takeshita is really good. I'm just kind of... I think I have Jericho fatigue. I think I have Jericho fatigue. I think that's the way to describe it. And I think the whole fucking world has Sammy fatigue. I mean, okay, he's he's a heel again, which is good, and they've, they've put him back in a stable, which is good, because he's kind of out of the way, but I'm still, I still have Sammy fatigue. And I, I definitely have Sammy and Jericho fatigue together. Um, so I'm kind of like, all right, let's, can we find a way to get this match done and then somehow re-separate Jericho and Sammy out of this and go back to Omega to catch, like, can we go back to that? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, this is, I'm not into this really at all, sadly. Well, don't forget the world's best wrestler is in the match as well. Uh, I said Kenny Omega, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a cock but he's a fucking very good wrestler yes. I mean like you look at the it, 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 this, this won't be well I'm not saying this won't be bad belt belt it won't be bad belt belt that is fair but I mean I suppose I, I just hope it doesn't descend into um, Jericho pointing I made you Sammy ah! I hope it doesn't go into that <laughs> you know what I mean did you see Collision yeah no I haven't watched Collision really. yeah the, the Jericho makes they did a tag match with the Gates of Agony very very good it was oh, like, okay, surprisingly okay. good i was like fuck this is this could actually be very promising yeah uh, enough, i okay. actually wish it was them versus takeshita and guevara it might even be a better match but i suppose you throw your ad spray into the mix that's a 33 in the third chance of it of, being of, a great match of, be, of so. it being like a four-star match yeah at least yeah <laughs> that's before um, you put coach I mean, Ibushi is still the question mark right yeah, um, I did like the angle on Dynamite mm-hmm. uh, uh, where he where he got jumped in his gym. But yeah, I haven't, I, haven't... I thought the uh, the angle was thematically good, but I thought the the fight itself looked super hokey. And uh, it had that thing where, and this is this is what the Wayne angle did a couple of weeks ago, which was great, one hundred percent. It was it was they were going for gritty and real but then specifically in in the one they did this week there was too many wrestling moves in it you know there was too much wrestling pro wrestling strikes and stuff you're like ah that's yeah yeah. yeah. i like i'm I'm with you i like the idea more than the execution but um yeah abushi will 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 see um to be fair to jericho as someone who just went on about how (laughs) bored am i you know like he has gotten it together in the ring he hasn't he hasn't had a clunker in the ring in a while i'm just kind of i'm kind of bored of all the angles the last one well, the Adam Cole one was the last real whiff, and that felt like that kind of felt like just a bad night for everyone involved. I feel like if they were to have a hundred matches, that one would be the worst by a country mile. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So we'll see where we go from that. Uh, up next, speaking of Adam Cole, he will not be present for the defense of the ROH World <laughs> Tag Team Championship as MJF defends it against the Righteous in a handicap match. Um. Uh, I really hope. Not that I I don't have much of a take on the righteous one way or the other, but I just I we talked about Aussie Open getting kind of chewed up by the Adam Cole MJF thing. I really don't think it's good for any team's prospects if if Tony Khan likes them in any way, shape, or form for a team to lose to one guy, even if he is the world champion. Um, uh, it's it's very Triple H. It's very John Cena. It's very know. true. That is very true, Barry. However, 
MJF should beat these guys in about three minutes. Like it's a, a 1999 SmackDown match. <laughs> That's what I want to see. And he should get jumped beforehand. So he's coming out like yeah. Austin with like his leg taped. You exactly. Know. He should get beaten up backstage, hit by a car. Then he comes out and beats both these guys. Doesn't even do his finisher; just beats him with something else. Beats him with a drop I mean, kick. The, the kangaroo kick has to be like if he's yeah. if he's if he's winning a two on one match, it has to be the kangaroo kick. Beats him with a kangaroo kick, lays there for thirty seconds, and then does the pin. <laughs> Poses for thirty seconds. This yeah. is what we need to make wrestling great again. We need stars on top who just fucking beat people and get themselves over. I'm sorry, I don't want I don't want to see MJF losing. He's already lost. He lost in the fucking to FTR board. He's wrestling these tag matches. He's supposed to be the world champion. Well, I, to be fair, I mean, as much as I said, I, I don't want to see it. I think, I think, if we're asked saying what will happen, I say he's. Mm. He, I think he's winning. I don't think he's losing yeah. in, a, in a, uh, to, to the righteous. Um, I would, I would, I would just say, you know, Dynamite went off the air with an angle where Jay White was attacked by masked men, one of which wearing MJF's devil mask. I would, I wouldn't be surprised if that played into somehow this match here. Yeah, this this will buy. This will probably be more of an angle than a, than, than a match, you know. That'd be good. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, there was there was before uh, before things kind of exploded in uh, you know with 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 uh, you know behind the scenes. There was whispers pre Wembley that like the righteous were in line for a big push. Um, uh, by all accounts, uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that manifests. Um, tag team title, AEW tag team titles. That last one was Ring of Honor. I don't know if I said that. Uh, the AEW tag team titles, FTR defending against Aussie Open, uh, Royal Quest rematch, as it were. One year um, later. One year later. Uh, have they had any other matches? They had a match in AEW, haven't they? Uh, maybe, maybe not actually. Um, I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't. I don't recall off the top of my head. But yeah. Um, uh, we're big Aussie Open guys on this on this cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair to say that maybe them beating FTR would be let's get these boils back on the right track. Uh, I mean, FTR are kind of bulletproof at this stage. The people love them. They love them. Yes. They've loved them without the belts. They've loved them with mm. the belts. They can win, lose, doesn't matter. It's, it's and that's precisely are. why we should give Aussie Open the win. I mean, there's something to be said about building a team up, but also something to be said by getting them over by putting the belts on them. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think they're more than capable of of running with it, and FCR won't suffer by losing necessarily. So, not at all. No, I should do it, should and, then you, and then you can have a rubber match as well. Down the line, yeah, could do it. Sorry, it's the first of October, so we're playing a game here in the house of is that a gunshot or a firework outside? I think the fireworks. <laughs> I, I I I hope so. Um. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that was the tag title match. Then we have um, uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland in a grudge match. Uh, big potential coming out party, I would say, for Swerve. Obviously, everyone knows he's really good, really great. But, um, you know, go in there with one of the company's best guys in a, in what I would assume would be... Sorry, as I belched there, my iron brew coming back up. And what I assume would be a, a second from the top or nearabouts uh, positioned match. Mm. Um, go out there and have a um, an MOTYC, which I think he will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hyped for this one. Really looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. This feels like Swerve's biggest match so far. In his oh, AW absolutely. Program, right? In his career. That's, that's where we want him to be. Probably in his career, yeah. I actually, this is... 
to be at that level. So he should be. He's good enough. Yeah, he needs, the, he needs the matches. I think that's what we need. He hasn't had. Has he had any big singles matches? He had good matches with Derby. Uh, yeah, but I like, think it's too many. But a lot of the yeah, a lot of the big ones were like rampage main events and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is why, to me, as much as we're big swerve guys, and I'd love, I would love to see him advance. I I don't think he wins this one, and I think, and I actually do think that's okay because this is his first main event against a guy who main evented like the second show or or the first show, like a guy who's been main eventing nonstop. I think these are two people that AEW really needs to do right by, and it feels weird to say that given Hangman has been a champion and has been. Mm. It's there's, there's been the lack of consistency with Hangman, hasn't there? There's been the yeah. the he's he's he, we love him, and then all of a sudden he's off TV, and he's this new confident character. He's got it all together, and then oh, he's back to doing the self doubt thing and the dark order. Be my friends, um, you know. I think I think they need to really just get Hangman going. Let's get Hangman going, and let's get him going as a singles top guy, tippy tippy top guy. Um, swerve, you know, um, uh, you know. Like I said, this, this is his first really big quasi main event, so I think I think he can lose and then come back. I think this is his first sing- this is his first singles match on pay per view. Wow! Well, yeah, because they never. I mean, they never did the Keith thing. You know, he was in the tags and then he had a couple of battle royals and a couple of tags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His first big singles match. I don't know. I feel like he could win this one, and then they go Hangman wins at full gear to, to yeah. do the big launch into 2024 of Hangman. But I, I can see uh, either way. I would like Swerve to win, though, because I think it would help. I think that's I think that's a good point, because I, I think this is definitely not over after one match. Um, not to mm. jump into the Dynamite review, but I think they had, they had, I thought they had great chemistry in the contract signing. And mm. I hate, like, when you put up a graphic that says contract signing, but oh, my God, like, you mm. know, I, but it, but like when it as we've said we've said this about AEW in the past when they use they just use that as an excuse for two guys in the ring cutting a promo on each other which is all mm-hmm. it needs to be and they I thought they played off each other so well so I think I think this is a kind of there's no real bad result on this one I'm certain they're going to go to another match uh, and then in what I originally thought would be the main event uh, we, we shall see Brian Danielson versus Zach Saber Jr. a dream match a rematch. Uh, 15 years in the making or whatever. Have you all seen that match on YouTube from the fucking pub in like Coventry or wherever the fuck it is? Um, little, oh, right. <laughs> little teeny tiny baby ZSJ with his, his like uh, ridiculous emo, emo haircut. Hair. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's great. It's a fucking great match. It's I can't. I don't know. I don't know exactly where it is. It's it's some. It is from like a a leisure center in England. Like it is genuinely mm. you know back when da- I think it was one of Danielson's like a year or so before he left for for WWE. Um, but obviously now we're talking about two completely different people here 20 years later. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about it. It should be really good. You know? Uh, yeah. Kick each other's fucking heads in. They have a technical classic. Oof, it's going to be good. I, I love, uh, we'll get to collision later, but Zach was on commentary and him and Nigel, very funny together. So. Yeah, they were. I mean, that alongside Jim Ross and Kevin Kelly, I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. A high bar, but, you know. <laughs> I'm just picturing it like, you know, more common wise, but uh, no straight man, no dead wood, you know? <laughs> so uh, uh, that is Wrestle Dream. And yes, sir, I mean, look, certainly on paper has the potential to be to be uh, an all-timer. Um, mm. which is, I mean, even, even, look, I mean, we've talked a lot about AEW shows and you feel wishy-washy on them on paper and then they deliver. And then the ones that look great on paper, I mean, they have the potential to just blow you away. So uh, by the time you're listening to this, you'll, back, you'll probably know when you're listening to this if they, if they over-delivered and they did a, 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 an all-time show. Uh, so we'll be back next week to review that one.
Uh, before we get into the telly reviews, any other news from the week? Boys, I haven't really had much to on this week. What about you? Mm, went to a concert on, uh, I think it was Wednesday night. No, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, went to a concert. Went to see The National, a band I've seen several times over the years. Uh, this was at Alexandra Palace in London. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Um, they played enough of the songs that we actually knew, which was good. Not the new stuff. Don't listen to that. I only listened to the first, like, <laughs> first three albums. The last four, don't bother. Um, but they, they were very good. Uh, paid £14 for a hot dog and chips. Oh, so, I thought you were going to say for a ticket. I was going to be like, oh, oh, great. No, honestly, the first time we I went to see them with my friends, we paid eight quid for a ticket. Uh, this time I paid 14 quid for the hot dog and chips uh, oh. after getting in. It's just, it's outrageous. What can you do? Um, they were they were very very good. Did have a few beers, which normally do on a on a school night. What a bloody school night! Um, but you know, we it was Michelle and I, and also a few few friends of mine that we go go to see the national with. Uh, so I did have a few pints. So I tell you what, lads, or oh, these days four pints is enough to actually physically kill me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can't. I, I usually do one or two, um, so I was feeling a little bit rough on on uh, Wednesday. Um, but got through it, got through it in the end. I actually, I went, I got up in the morning and I went out to the shop and I bought so, a big pack of McCoy's crisps. Oh, yeah. And a bottle of orange Lucasade. Right? I, I mean, that is, that is, that's, that, my that's a tremendous cure right there. That's I my mean. hangover cure. On the way back, so I popped the old Lucasade in my pocket while I ate the crisps. Got halfway home, went, oh, I've eaten the crisps now. Let me just, a mm, little sip of refreshing Lucasade. <laughs> Where's the Lucasade? No, I'm, 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 I'm feeling my pockets. I'm like, did I pick it up? No, I definitely picked it up from the counters. So where's it gone? So I was like, I was like, I must have dropped it. So I walked back to the shop, and on the way, I saw a bottle of now empty Lucasade in the curb uh, on a wet patch with the lid off. Uh, that didn't. <sighs> Presumably run over by a car. Oh, I, I was like, what? Did someone come along and yeah. pick it up the floor, neck it, and then flee back? <laughs> <laughs> run over makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. I've been run over. Um, but so, yeah, then I went and I turned around. I didn't want to go back to the shop and buy another one because I was like, one wasn't enough for you. They think you're some, some Lucasade addict. Yeah. yeah. So also, these days, Lucasade's about like five quid or some shit, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, for a 400 milliliter bottle. Uh, I went and bought me. a uh, one and a half liter of Seven Up before yeah. starting this broadcast. Three euro fifty for that. I'm like, ooh, is this made by Jesus Christ <laughs> up, up, up in the high high kingdom of heaven? Is this? God, I'm having a laugh. Yeah, um, of course, you missed my Prime <laughs> review last week, Barry. As well. Oh, oh, what? Speaking of three euros, I mean, oh, the only the only people who seem to like it are like. Like various co-workers tell me their children buy, but even even the kids who are swept up in the mania don't even say it tastes good. It's it, they kids are actually fairly self-aware these days of what's just a status symbol. And like, yeah, I don't drink. It's piss. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not great. Uh, so which which one did you get? Uh, lemon lime. I didn't even realize they did conventional flavors like that. Anyway, I'll go back and I'll go back and, and the listeners can go back and and, and listen. Um. But yeah, you're all recovered now, Joe. It's three days yeah, later. You're fine. All yeah. good. All good now. So, uh, by the way, which time. which part of England did I did I say that Brian Danielson's actually a junior match was in Coventry? I think so. I, I, look, I just looked it up here. I I was actually I was kind of joking slash guessing. I was actually exactly correct. Coventry in yeah. Jolly Beggar Club in the Coventry. Jolly, oh, the Jolly Beggar Club. Yeah. Uh, on the second of March. 2008. Mm. And that's on YouTube, and it is exactly, genuinely really good. Exactly right, with 15 years ago as well. 
Yeah, yeah, that is on YouTube, and it is it is legitimately quite good. So, so to to whet one's appetite, I was about to say before the show, but when you listen to this, if you've just watched it and you want to watch another one, <laughs> much older one. Um, yeah. Anyway, that is uh, um, that is the life golf for the week. Will we jump into our quiz, boys? Place your Ooh, breaths wow. is back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've got three categories, and again, for those who missed the first entry. Uh, when we did this last time the rules are thus I have three categories and we will this time Joe will go first I think Barry went first last time uh, to say how many items from that um, category he can name Mm. Uh, and then Barry will say I can do more than that and Joe will say I can do more than that until one person backs off and then that person has to name that many items to get the point I will say this time we're not doing the 90-second clock. We're doing right. a countdown rule where if you go 20 seconds without answering, if you're, right. mm-hmm, I'll start a 10, 9, 8 clock. Once you Ooh. get to zero, yeah, you're out. So it means you got more than 90, so you don't need to machine gun them out. But if you get stuck, you you're, you you don't have the clock to rely on. You're, you're going to be kicked out if you're too long i'll be fair with it of course i'm not going to the second you stop talking start counting but okay okay there'll, there'll be you know uh, you have a little bit of time to think and then once you're you've gone a, a second too long we'll start we'll start counting down uh so category one the topic is and his name is john c <laughs> So topic one is to do with our boy, John Cena. So John Cena, nice little sound effect there, by the way, production values, eh? Yeah, way to go. Well done. 13 13 years we've been waiting for that. And what? Category Uh, one is specifically John Cena has won the world title 16 times. Oh, God. Um, Oh, no. Now. In those 16 matches, he's faced uh, a number of different opponents. Uh, some matches were one-on-ones. Some were multi-man matches. Uh, in those 16 matches, he faced 21 different opponents. How many of them can you name? Joe, place your breath now. Just to confirm uh, on behalf of Joe, it's it's people he won the belt from, but participants of the matches, if it's multi-man. The 16 <laughs> matches in which he won the belt, correct. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. Obviously, he faced some um, of those points more than once, but we only need the 21 people. Right. I'm going to go five. Okay, Barry, can you beat five? I'm going to go eight. Joe? Well, I, can, I could not name nine, so please, Barry. Barry. Okay. See, see, Joe, you could have bluffed there and, and gone higher to try and get Barry up to a higher number. Yeah, but, but Barry would have made me do it. a little bit, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Barry. I need from you eight of John Cena's opponents during that uh, run. I'll let you begin whenever you want. Okay. Uh, Randy Orton. Randy Orton is, of course, correct. John Bradshaw Layfield. Yep, that was the the first one. Of course. Um, Triple H. Is correct. That's three. Um... Edge is correct for uh, Batista. Correct. That's five. 
Um, uh, Chris Jericho. Correct. That makes six. Um, okay. Um, now I'm getting into like multi-man territory here. Who else was in some of these matches? Um, Bob Lashley. Bob Lashley is incorrect. <laughs> There's probably some super because I knew I was trying. I was thinking in my head. I was like, I, I don't think he, I don't think he ever actually beat Punk. I don't think he ever actually beat Danielson. So I was like, all these like high profile matches. But I was like, I yeah. Well, go, give me, give me, give me what I missed. Okay. Um, I've got, I got a few. Sorry, go, go for it, go for it, Joe. The Rock, of course. Ah, Jesus, yes. <laughs> <laughs> quite a bad um, word for me to say. Batista. Barry said Batista. Right? Oh, you said Batista. Uh, a big, big show. show. Yeah, the yeah. Mania three-way. Yeah, yeah big <sighs> show. That's correct, of course. Stupid. Bob Lashley. What the fuck? Was that? <sighs> Terrible. You got any, have any more, Joe? No, that was all the ones I could think of. Uh, okay, well, let's see others. Randy Orton, of course, multiple times. Uh, Sheamus. Sheamus. I thought, why didn't I say Sheamus? Yeah. Uh, uh, Multi Man, you got Ted DiBiase and Kofi Kingston. That was an Elimination Chamber match. Uh, I'm trying to remember an Elimination Chamber where he won, yeah. The Miz, oh, yeah, of course. I think in the, Miz. Uh, the Miz and John Morrison was in that match, technically. John as well. Morrison in the yeah. Uh, Rey Mysterio, obviously in the famous in the, in the CM Punk return. Right. Oh, I should have got this. Is terrible. That's terrible. Uh, Alberto Del Rio twice. Should have got that. Uh, got that and then there was a multi-man match featuring Kane, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, and Cesaro. And then most recently, Royal Rumble 2017. AJ Styles. Yeah, no, that, that that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. I gotta be honest. Um, yeah, you you went for two obscure guests when there were still quite obvious ones on the table. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was going there. Okay, Barry, you're up next. We have kind of a more open uh, option here. Uh, category two. Hello. In the next fifteen seconds, Grover will say a word that begins with the letter S. I will. Yes. Okay. So. What we're looking for, that's a bit of Sesame Street there to help us out. Uh, oh, was it? it uh, um, we're looking for not wrestlers this time. We've done a lot of wrestlers starting with letter. This time we're looking for wrestling moves. Uh, wrestling moves which start with the letter S. Now, I will say there's obviously a, a little bit of leeway here. I will not accept a uh, move like uh, uh, Jumpin' Joe Bumpkin from, you know, uh, IWP in in Coventry. All he right. calls his super kick the super okay. quick. Okay. So okay, okay. So, so there has to be a little bit of general acceptance that the move it's is within reason. It's within reason. reason. Yeah. So, but will you, but you will take like you will take like if The Rock has a version of a move he calls of course, the S. Of like, you'll if, take that. Okay, if okay. if it's known, we will accept it. Of course. Yeah. Variation names, of course, are are accepted. Yeah. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll start the ball rolling with eight again. Okay. Joe, can you beat eight? Um, can I beat eight? Um, I'll go nine. I'll go ten. Please, <laughs> please Barry. Right. Please. Ten for Barry. Okay, Barry. Okay, give us your ten moves to start with the letter S. Okay. Super can, kick. Can I, can I, I, was, I was going to jump in and say, since I've said super uh, kick, I'm not going to allow it. Uh, uh, start from there. Ah, son of a bitch. Okay, I said. I said. I said already. That's giving you a scoop slam. 
Ooh. Yeah, of course. Suplex. Yes. Sling blade. Mm-hmm. Snap mare. That was actually the next Ooh. one I was thinking of. Mm. Sweet chin music. Yes. Sharpshooter. Yes. Scorpion Deathlock. Oh, yes. Scorpion Death Drop. Yes. Senton Bomb. Yes. Swanton Bomb. There you go. That's 10. I thought thought you were going to go Stinger Splash after the Scorpion. I should have. Yeah, Sting Sting has like a whole moveset I could have done there, but yeah. All right. uh, I reckon you could have got more than than 10, Joe. I mean, that's a fairly well. I don't know because I just would have blanked. A lot, a lot of moves. As, as, as we learned, as we learned last week, though, this is one of those quizzes where your hubris. It, it once it once it's time to actually name. It's fucking hard. Like the blanks, mm. you start pulling blanks. <laughs> I had a few I mean, others. Yeah, That's go for it. Superplex. I was going to do a lot I, of I moves that start with super. Yeah, yeah. I was going to wait for him to say, and you can't say superplex, super brainbuster, super backdrop. Because <laughs> I was going to do those. Shooting Star Press. Shooting Star Press, of course. Standing Moonsault. Stand, yeah. Excellent. Shining Wizard. Shining Wizard, yeah. of course. Suicide Dive. Yeah. yeah. Very good. There's, there's, there, are lots. there are lots. I, I thought that number was going to go higher than 10, to be honest, because I didn't say you can't say super. Mm. The, the flip side of that is you could, you could say 30 moves, and you know you, you could get them. Okay, and then final... Uh, to break to break the tie here because it is one all. Are you ready for our final category? Funny we yes. mentioned the Wrestle Dream theme song earlier because while a great theme song, it's not necessarily the best theme song there's been in no. pro wrestling history. Eight NXT rookies, eight <laughs> WWE pros. Let's just let this play for a minute. Yeah, why not? Brian Alvarez rolling in his grave. Have they ever brought this back even as a joke? No. Oh, weird. It's like just like an MTV reality show about like meeting your long lost cousin or some shit that runs for 18 seasons. You're, you, you, you pull a sticky from school, you're flipping through cable. Oh, not season 82 of Find My Cousin. I'm sick of this song. Okay, so final one, question three. Uh, Joe, you obviously get to pick your number first here. Uh, eight, all right, as a little part of you, we listen to this NXT. <laughs> Episode two. Don't push your luck. We, we don't actually like that theme song. Um, NXT rookies between seasons one and four. Uh, there are 28 rookies who appeared uh, during that season. Joe, how many of them can you name? This is obviously during uh, the CSP years because we started. Mm. Yeah, we have no excuse. We we have watched all of this. So, um, oh fuck! I'm gonna. Um, I'll go for seven. Seven. Mm. Barry, can you do more than seven? Oh god! Um, I'll go nine. Joe. Um, I'll go ten. <sighs> fuck. I'll go 11. Ah, do I go 12? Um, I will... Oh. I'll, go, I'll go... 
There are 28 of them, you know. The 12 I'll go 12. Is still, I'll go 12. 12, 12 is still pretty conservative. Barry, can you do higher than 12? I'll go 13. <laughs> I only remember season one. This is the problem. I, I'm just right, to season one's not going to get you to 14, I'm afraid. Uh, oh, sorry, you said 13. 13, yeah. yeah. I'll go... Ah, uh, you got, you got. Ah, uh, fuck! I was hoping you're, you're really calling my bluff on this episode. Right, I'm doing all the Barry, name here. It's over to you. You've got thirty. Yeah, you've you've played every round, Barry. As it turns yeah, out, yeah, I played every um, round. I, 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 because I wanted him to. Because I actually, I like, even though we watched them all, and I think Joe does have good memory. I think if I asked you to say nine, I think you'd actually struggle. So I, I got too cocky. I don't know why I kept right, pushing. Barry, you have thirteen. Go. Okay. For it. Daniel Bryan. Yes, of course. Wade Barrett. White Barrow. Michael Tarver. Yep. Uh, Skip Sheffield. Yep, yep. Uh, Justin Gabriel. Yes. Darren Young. Uh-huh. Heath Slater. Yep. Uh, Michael McGillicuddy. Yep. That's eight. Caval. Uh, yeah, nine. Uh, Husky Harris. Ten. Um, Eli Cottonwood. Eleven. Two more. There's a deep pull. And I'll jump forward to some easy ones from a later season. AJ Lee. Yep. Caitlin. There you go. It's 13. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, you missed one from season one, though. I knew I would. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, um, No, I got... I had those nine that Barry got. Because I was picturing... Right. I was, you, I was just on. picturing Nexus. I That's all yeah, I was yeah. doing. Um, uh, who who uh, did this? I, I actually... Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, David Otunga. Otunga. Oh, yeah. ah, how did I miss... Yeah, he was a... Uh, he had, uh, weirdly had... Is he still there? Is he still working for them? Doesn't he have an, an office job now or something? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, maybe not. Okay, anyway. Um, season two, Alex Riley. Uh, uh, Percy Watson. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was great. Oh, yeah. He should, he does commentary somewhere now. He I think. did. He did commentary in NXT for a brief while. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Curtis. Uh, Johnny Curtis is later oh, yeah. season four. Season four. Uh, yeah. Also in season two, Titus O'Neil and Lucky Cannon. Oh, Whatever happened to him? Lucky Cannon and Brodus was in there somewhere. Season three. Season, season, was... season four. Oh, season four was, was Johnny he? Curtis, Brodus Clay, Derek Bateman, Byron Saxton. Bateman Connor O'Brien and Jacob Novak. Yeah. Uh, season three was the all women's season. That was the Caitlin, one. Caitlin, Naomi, AJ, Oksana, Maxine, and Jamie. When you think about, you think about <laughs> you know, Jamie was uh, like, yeah, she was um, the, the jacked uh, blonde. Yeah, one. she, she, really she was like, like, had like platinum blonde, short hair. Yeah. But when they, looking back on it, it's like the the women's one actually produced like like you know, Caitlin and AJ were good. Naomi is good. You know, uh, uh, what? Um, Axana had, had her charms, you know, as a comedy act. Maxine w- was fun, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it was, I won, did I? <laughs> <laughs> two one, two one to Barry. Oh, good game, Joe. Good game. Yeah, that was, that was uh, good considering uh, I didn't do anything. Yeah, was, I mean, uh, get, getting a point without having close. to name a, a single thing is uh, is uh, is commendable. Yeah, we might need to review the rules to prevent. Maybe, maybe that you have to play one round or, or something. But anyway, I don't know. I, I, I think that was a bit like a, a bold strategy because I, I 
Yeah, I think, you know, that's that's I mean, the game, isn't it? The thing is, yeah, the thing is, if you don't play, you're leaving it in the hands of the opponent who could potentially whitewash you if you get all the answers. Okay. Eric Bateman, EC3. I forgot all about it. I, I, God, I was such a big Derek Bateman fan. Oh, yeah, he was. He, he was. He was. You know, Daniel Bryan. He was. Um. Yeah, because they had. The, they did their whole. They did. A, they took the Mick basically out of the whole thing, and it was like genuinely quite funny. Um, they should bring him in for Bryan's like final year. Just have him come in as like a guest wrestler. That would be. Uh well, he's thrilling. the uh, world's champion right now. So is he the world? He beat. He retired. Tyrus. Oh, in NWA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gross. That that old place. Uh, all right. Let me pull up the um the old uh, television reviews there. Thank you very much, Paul, as always, for an excellent an excellent quiz there. And sound effects, great production values. Uh, <laughs> let me see here. Dynamite results. That's what I'm looking for, AEW. I don't know why you only have four results on your page, but that's fine. I'll scroll. I'll scroll for them. That's all right. Uh, we had the first defense of Ray Phoenix, the impromptu international champion. <laughs> Um, uh, versus uh, Jeff Jarrett. When you get when you when you walk in and you see your name against on the whiteboard against Jeff Jarrett, it must be like it's like it's almost like a night off because like his whole parade are just going to do their thing, and you can kind of and I like because it's just it's like the easiest heat in the world because like like it's just people just love to hate him, and it's just he's got six million people getting up on the apron, and the ref is getting involved, and it's like it could be Phoenix, it could be anybody in there. And it's it's kind of a you could you could close your eyes and picture the match, but it's always usually good crack at the least, you know. So I thought this was fine for a, a little beginning to the uh, the unexpected Phoenix run. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to an extent, it wasn't quite what they had been doing with Orange Cassidy and. Mox insofar as Orange Cassidy was having a lot of very good Orange Cassidy matches and mm. Mox, albeit briefly, had some mm. very good John Moxley matches. This didn't necessarily feel like a Phoenix match. It felt like more like a Jeff Jarrett match. Yeah. Um I I I I'm hoping anyway, spoilers for later on in this review, that the that the Nick Jackson match will be more that'll be more of a Phoenix match. Of you know course. what I mean? That'll yeah, be yeah. yeah. Sure. But um the only I only have one one criticism, which is at one point Jeff Jarrett hit the stroke and he didn't do that. Yes, I've won. I have won this match before I do the pin. He hasn't. He didn't do that. So he needs oh. to bring that back. That's he's just doing the hitting his finish and then going crazy on the analog stick and no mercy instead of doing the pin. He needs to bring that back. Let me see here. So yeah, we uh, got some shite on a boat with the world champion and Adam Cole. It was Garbo. Didn't laugh once. Didn't laugh once at this um, <laughs> this thing. Um, I really hate their like attempted catchphrase where it's Adam Cole looks in the camera and goes, "What the?" F-? Right. I that hate is, that. Right. And that you know, you know what was you know what was really bad about it this week it was that the thing MGF said wasn't shocking enough to justify it. He was like basically like, "Oh, it's my dad's boat," but I'm not telling him we're taking it. It's not that surprising. No, it's not no, that surprising. Not, They're a couple of rich dudes, you know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. this was this was rubbish. Uh, I, I didn't hear as much as you, but ah, oh, I knew you were going to say that. I mean, I, no, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and talk about how great it was, but it was just a harmless bit of fluff, really. Fluffaroonie, Big Show was there. Captain Insano, excuse me, was there. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. 
Um, we got the uh, Kenny Omega shot footage from Japan um, that we uh, talked about earlier. <laughs> I like if they if they work that into the the uh, the can actually, and then that would be it. The <laughs> plan here is that Kenny goes heel, which I don't think it is. But if no, it no, was, no. that would be an amazing reveal if they worked that into the show. <laughs> that would be Ibushi had mentioned it at the time. Oh, God. <laughs> I just forgot to say it. It's like, yeah, uh, Kenny, I didn't really appreciate you filming while I was getting my ass kicked and like they were hitting me in the head with a dumbbell, like, and I could have been killed. You know, exactly. I, I didn't really appreciate that. Anyway. Uh, Callis came out for a promo. Sammy was with him. Um, uh, you know, it was kind of the usual stuff. It was fine. Callis stuff. Sammy got the uh, uh, Sammy got the microphone. He said he's the hero, and Jericho is the villain, which is one of those things. I think that's it's always good for your heels to have a kernel of logic, but I think that's mm-hmm. a close too close to the truth. Like Jericho has been a guy who's had two separate stables about worshiping him in four years. So I think I think our, I think our heel is almost too justified in that scenario. But we'll we'll look the other way at that. Uh, they played the footage then from the dojo uh, of the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got our post-collision footage of Starks, which we talked about. We got our Starks Yuta promo, which we talked about. And uh, <laughs> they ended the segment with Ricky not quite accepting it, and then they put up a graphic saying the match was happening. So that was funny. <laughs> um, we got a uh, three-way match to set up the interna- international title match for next week on TV with uh, Nick Jackson versus Brian Cage versus Claudio. This was good fun, I thought. All action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very fun little match. Big swing on Cage. It was a nice big swing on Cage. Got Claudio doing a big dive, big crossbody and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Cage is good. Cage is good in the multi-man matches because you can ba- he can basically just do his big... He can just do his stuff and he, you don't have, he doesn't have to do anything else. He can just kind of do his big mad spots. Uh, yeah. So we get uh, Nick Jackson versus Phoenix next week, which is a rematch from something from like the first month of Dynamite, which I remember being really great. Um, and also just being such a weird, cool novelty at the time that they just did a match like that on TV. When the um, Young Bucks used to wear their tassels. Remember, yes. remember, remember those yeah. Young Bucks? I feel like what's happened what was with the Young Bucks visually has been a much less effective version of the Usos change for when they used to have the half face paint and the shorts. Oh yeah, and then they kind of move to their current yeah yeah like I, I, I what's up with like 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 is Nick Jackson doing a bit with his hair and beard at this stage or is that just I don't know <laughs> I don't know just, what the young bucks are they don't have any characters yeah they, they yeah just, it's, I mean to be honest having having wacky international title matches is probably the right the right place for him but anyway. Mm. Uh, we got an MJF Adam Cole segment. So Cole apparently legitimately fucked up his his, his his angle for real. Like, I, cause I, so I didn't. I missed last week, uh, um, and uh, we were sitting down watching. And they played the replay, and, and Bruno was asking me, "Is like, oh, is that real?" I, I said, "I, I said I don't know." And then I was looking up, like, "Oh, it is." Apparently, that sucks. Yeah, um, I, I, I was watching the footage from the first week, and I was like going frame by frame, like yeah, the, the <laughs> fucking JFK footage. Um, and yeah, Adam Cole coming down because this was uh, Arthur Ashe where they had the ramp to the ring. Yes, yeah, to the touching the ring. Yeah, and yeah. so he jumps off. So it's like a four and a half foot drop, mm. I'm sure, and he drops right onto a rolled ankle. So his ankle goes sideways from a foot. Um, I, I hurt my ankle very badly once out on the road outside, jumping onto a, a slightly flat football, and my foot just rolled around it. Onto, yeah. a, onto a sideways, uh, same as I'm called it, uh, and it, it fucking hurt. 
It's yeah. fucking sore. I have also rolled my ankle. Thankfully, so I, I did not yeah. break it. I, but I don't uh, know how we how we continued to kind of hobble away around to the other side of the ring. So this is the thing. Yeah, I, I, again, piecing it together from the re- replay, I was like, oh god, he he f- did that, and then he somehow finished his running. Like fair fucking play um uh doing that um yeah and that's one of the, it's, it's one of those things as well that it's just kind of like you see so much conversation about dangerous moves in wrestling and then it's like there's been a bunch of injuries like this where it's like a guy jumps off a platform and also in real life people injure their feet and their mm. legs of it all the time just stepping off things um so yeah that sucks they obviously that will i mean on the one hand i'm like that's kind of derailed what they were what they were doing but i mean they'll be able to do segments like this forever you know like where he comes out and 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 talks about they just talk do you know what i mean so um so they did their story time thing the uh the short version uh, uh is basically that mjf is not going to back down and that he is going to face the righteous uh two-on-one on uh sunday which we discussed um, that's all, all well and good for Sunday, but if if they don't take the titles off MJF, as I'm thinking, they must have to do do some angle with the the MJF Devil Mask group. Um, like, what does MJF is just going to defend the titles for the next three months on his own? Like, mm, how, you know, throw him in the bin. How about that? Vacate yeah, those bad boys. <laughs> No, I think I think I think he probably is going to not. I, I, I assume I, I assume he will lose him at some stage. I think he's probably beaten the righteous, and I think he he may even win like one or two other matches that way. I mean, or, if if we're building towards an MJF Adam Cole split, which it, inevitably we are, you can you can use that to play into like MJF's guilt that he lost the titles on behalf of both of them. You know that that could be an element of the storyline that you can use, or he could blame Cole for getting hurt. And and you could do that. Either I mean, way, we, still, we, we, we still don't know which way. Which again is is you know is the positive of this angle is that they actually have so many paths they can go. It's not super clear who's turning on who, who's going in what direction. You know, so yeah, there's stuff there. Uh, uh, Roddy came out and did his whole did his whole routine. <laughs> Adam, I need you now more than ever. It's between Roderick Strong and Julia Hart for best character in wrestling currently. It's and Christian, three way race, three way race. Yeah, don't forget Christian. Mm. No, you have to have Christian in that conversation. Come on, I'll now. Have him, I'll have him third. He'd be third. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, uh, that's okay so long as he's in there. He has to be in there. I love that he's wearing the hospital gown now. He can imagine they're still in the hospital gown. <laughs> like, what did he? He checked out the hospital Kept in the, the last town. Up. Came to this town and checked into the local hospital and got another gown. That's what I imagine. Um, or he was on a plane in a hospital again. Could be. Um, so um, they came out, and uh, uh, Cole was like, "I don't, don't, you know, no fighting here." And he hugged MJF, and he walked up the ramp to to Roddy and the Kingdom. And uh, before MJF could continue, Jay White came out. They traded some barbs back and forth. MJF said that people are always comparing him to other wrestlers, and. The person he was most insulted to be compared to was not as good as Jay White, which I actually thought was a, a pretty good line. I could believe people saying that and him being annoyed at it IRL. Mm. Um, so they bantered back and forth. Jay White did one of his more, one of his longer, more pointed promos that he's really done since he got here. It was it was all right, uh, you know. Um, so it uh, went on for ages. It went yeah, on right. forever. Forever. Like they just they just went out and said, right, let's just both talk and have a back and forth but then it, yeah. there was no direct it wasn't enough direction it just kind of went on and on i was like especially because this this was effectively two unique segments bridged by the roddy thing yeah. in the middle but it was but it was actually in practice it was one really fucking long segment mm-hmm. um so yeah so uh it was long um and we uh 
luckily I'm very looking forward to that match. So whatever promos I do, I'll forget. Yes, uh, that will uh, be quite. That'll be great. That'll be great. Uh, so yeah, they they tease fighting, but of course Jay White bailed. So there you go. Mm-hmm. We had the JR sit down with Christian and Darby. Um, I don't know if this if this type of thing would justify re-signing Jim Ross, but I, I prefer this to him on commentary a million yeah. percent. Um, just but I the, found by the end he was just sat there, <laughs> just sort of yes. looking back. Oh, oh, he wasn't adding anything to the conversation. Yeah, so. he, he 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 brought he brings an air of professionalism to things, but yeah, at mm. a certain point they're just cutting promos on each other, and he's just sitting there, kind of asleep. Um, he doesn't react. <laughs> He doesn't. No. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, there's no. Uh, there's no uh, uh, Triple H 1999 thing where you go. What, watch your language. Come on now. Mm. You know, um, <laughs> um, they're allowed to swear on TNT anyway, so it's fine. Um, so yeah, it was it was good back and forth. They both uh, they both cut you know uh, solid promos. Yeah, I like Darby <laughs> using the water to wipe the the stuff off. Yeah, the that's cool. Yeah, Darby. I mean, like, Darby's really come along as a speaker. I mean, it's, it's something I yeah. never, never would have thought of when the company started. He wasn't great, but he's. And, uh, it, it was one of the weird positives of the, of that four pillars angle during the the summer. Is like of all these people, Darby is actually standing out as a as mm-hmm. as the, the talker who can hang with MJF. You know. Yeah, and Christian Cage. If your father's still alive, I'm coming for the rest of your family. Same time, <laughs> Darby's uncle. <laughs> Uh, we had a preview of the four-way tag from for Wrestle Dream. Orange Cassidy beat Austin Gunn, Matt Jackson, and Penta. It was you know fine, usual kind of four-way action. Uh, we got Julia Hart defeating Willow Nightingale, which is pretty good. So Willow had her eye bandaged up from the the mist attack. Uh, we did in fact get a a, a wonderful moon salt um, uh, from Julia. This is good stuff. This is actually this is I think one of the better Julia matches I've seen so far. Obviously Willow is is, is great. Uh, a great person for for Julia to be in there with. Yeah. Um, uh, Julia put Willow in her submission. Statlander came out to make the save, and Julia laughed and ran away. There you go. We got the uh, contract signing, which we talked about there earlier between Hangman and Swerve. This was actually the main event of the show, wasn't it? It was indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was great. I mean, I don't want to recap everything they said, but um, they they. They played off each other quite well. Hangman talked about having a dark cloud over his head for the last couple of months, which mm. could be interpreted a number of ways, obviously. Mm. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, and Swerve well, was great so, here. I wasn't so into this one, to be honest. Really, oh. was it? I thought that they 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 didn't really. Uh, it didn't feel like a proper back and forth communication. It was just Swerve would talk for a little while, then Hangman would like shout. And then Swerve would shout back, and then Hangman just started shouting. But it felt very disconnected to me. Um, I didn't think the performances were that great. I was actually quite disappointed with the segment. I thought, not that it was very bad, but I was I was thinking this was going to be excellent. And I yeah, thought it was, I thought it was a little disjointed, a little um, amdram. Um, yeah, for my liking. Um, like it didn't feel like it organically escalated up and up and up. It just felt like it felt like a set of stairs. Uh, and now we're at the shouty part. Oh, now I'm going to start shouting yeah. for no reason. It didn't feel like it, it kind of earned that. Um, I think I think the match will still be fantastic, obviously. But I don't know. This, this to me felt like I, we said the same about the the J White MJF, and I'd agree with the criticism of that. But this felt as well like they went out with a couple of ideas, but not really stringed together. Yeah, yeah. For a little little scene. Um, and then we had the kind of cliffhanger ending. We go to the back. Jay White's being attacked. 
Yeah, so Jay White was being jumped um, by a bunch of dudes dressed head to toe in, in, in black garb, wearing masks. And uh, one of them was wearing the MJF devil mask. And he, he hit the camera and the camera cut to black. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, your classic wrestling whodunit. Um, love it who done it. Love it who done it. Yeah, you can't beat them, can you? I mean, it's it, it's it'll it. I mean, as we said, and as we said earlier during the Cole MJF segment, they do have a million roads to go down with this, so I'm sure they'll probably they'll just. I imagine they will drag this out for quite a while. This is going to be a new facet of this story that will probably go for a couple of months. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's probably safe to assume it's not actually MJF under the MJF mask because a why who would, would have MJF access to MJF's mask though? Mm, makes you think, doesn't it? You know, um, and then it's, the people kind of identify. It's a veritable who shot Mr. Burns scenario where they need to set up that all these people have motives. Jay White looked at me wrong that one time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, Jay White. I mean, I kind of wish I almost wish he was in the company longer so that he could have feuded with more people and pissed them off because he's obviously yeah, such yeah. a great heel. Um, but yeah, yeah, this will be, you know, this will be interesting. Um, they, uh, uh, people did kind of identify that it looked like there was a, <laughs> Roddy Strong was wearing the neck brace under the, the black outfit for one of the guys, which is kind of funny. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure I, I'm, I'm curious how soon they do another one of these angles. Like, will it be a thing where they feel now they have to do one on every show? I think it'd be more interesting if they spend the next few weeks wondering what happened and then, for sure. In a few For weeks' sure. time, they do another one when, when, like, let's say MGF is in trouble and the gang goes in and he's denying any involvement, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like a thing they immediately botched and threw down the toilet, but kind of like the original CM Punk Shield thing where Ooh. they were getting involved and he was denying any knowledge and they were denying involvement and they said they had their own reasons and then they just didn't bother addressing that at all. Um, but yeah, we shall see on that one. That was Dynamite. Uh, all right. All right, Dynamite. I wouldn't... Uh, wouldn't be rushing to see it but it was grand um you know uh let me see here i'm gonna fire up the collision uh results here which i did not see so you boys can can help me with this uh opened up with andrade versus bullet club goals juice robinson how was this yeah very enjoyable i thought very good little match um robinson pulled andrade's tights down at one point he had his ass out full ass out what rick flair ass out so it was good yeah, like, on a schoolboy, that that arse was 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 unveiled. Um, yeah. I I was a little bit surprised that Andrade got the win here, um, only insofar as how hard they're pushing Bullet Club Gold, and that Jay Jay White had beaten Andrade last week on Collision, obviously. Yeah, this was one where I felt like the result was a little bit in limbo. I wasn't sure which way it was going to mm. go. Um, the guns got kicked out midway through for interfering. And we did see uh, the hot and flexible CJ backstage <laughs> watching on on a monitor. So maybe there'll be an Andrade CJ, which seems oh, interesting. Like a weird fit to me. But well, I like the I like the storyline actually. Her recruiting guys to yeah. Well, if know, it leads to Andrade versus Miro, make him make Miro jealous, off. and then yeah. Miro beats them up. Interesting. Yeah, I would yeah. have a what I would love is she recruited kind of slightly more like you know, lower card guys and then Miro just beat the piss out of them before they could become <laughs> the, before she could become the manager. Be funny. And yeah. then she moved up to like Andrade and it's like funny. Yeah. Oh fuck. I'll have to be Andrade. Um, Andrade <laughs> Miro sounds pretty good, I do have to say. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Andrade did towards the end of this hit his uh is oh, better Judas facts. Now it looked like they were kind of <laughs> not in the right position for or the right timing for it. 
And it still fucking looked great. So did, it did has you, a wildness to it, doesn't it? Which I actually yeah. really like. I, I love oh, it. The, yeah. the Judas effect, but good. It's great. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the, great stuff. The Jesus effect. <laughs> the Jesus effect. The Jesus effect. Um, 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 we had the kingdom be, uh, defeating the best friends, which I, I would say is a little bit of an upset, but also now the kingdom are involved basically in the main event program, I suppose. So, um, uh, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. This was all right. And I, I like the post-match where they're running off with their luggage. Uh, like, quick, we've got to get a reply. We've got to go see Rodri. Ah, get your, your luggage. <laughs> Matt Taven caught quite a good promo. I'm not yeah, they, had, they brought suitcases down with them to ringside, which was unexplained until the end. So they, they had to yeah. catch a red eye back to Roddy's house. He, <laughs> he gave her an impassioned plea for Adam. If you're not a selfish prick, meet us at Roddy, Roddy's house ASAP. I mean, Taven is like, Taven is good. I think the thing about Taven is that he got that unfortunate thing where he was pushed really hard in the old Ring of Honor at a time when people wanted someone else. And I think mm. he got he got landed with that reputation. But like, he is good. Bennett is good. I think they are, uh, you know, uh, a good asset to have. I think, I think what would have been better for them before this storyline is if they had been a fixture in AEW. But prior to the Roddy thing, they would basically just show up on like Rampage or whatever, and they were always acknowledged as Ring of Honor talents. And I think there is a mm. weird thing now where where it's not considered cool to like NXT to main roster is considered a graduation. People get excited about it. Ring of it, 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 the Ring of Honor brand kind of pigeonholes people. I don't know. I don't know why mm. necessarily because like Joe's the champion. There's people on the main show with belts, but for whatever reason, it's not considered a big deal when a Ring of Honor guy shows up on AEW. I think that hurt the kingdom. At first, but they are I, they are good. I think they I think they can be um, you know I, I think they could be a good asset on TV. But um, they won with the wiener punch and a spike pile driver. Excellent. Uh, oh, uh, we, sorry. Mid pick of the week. Go on. I'm throwing a flag. Time out. Time out. Time out. So uh, there was a segment here where uh, the the commentators threw to the back where Alex Marvez is going to have a chat with Prince Nana and Don Callis. Mm-hmm. Joe's nodding. He knows where I'm going with this. Cuts to the back. Alex Marvez says, I've got some sources that are telling me that Prince Nana is around this corner. He goes around the corner. Ah. And goes, Nana's talking to Don Callis. Don, what are you doing here? How did the commentators know that ah. Don Callis is going to be there? So what they should have said is Marvez is going to interview Nana and then Marvez would go, oh, oh. But Don Callis here. I think that's a fair yes. nitpick. I think that's a fair yeah, nitpick. Yeah, that's a uh, so, yeah, okay. I guess we'll do some, um, uh, you know, heel units working together. I'm sure, you know, whatever. That's fine. Um, well, this, no, this was playing into the Gates of Agony versus uh, Jericho and Omega. Oh, the, the main event. Yeah, okay. Or the tag match, whatever. Um, yeah. uh, Julia Hart uh, versus Vert Vixen. Um, <sighs> Julia Hart won, I assume. Lovely moonsault. Uh, yeah. Beautiful moonsault. Oh. Yeah, Kurt Angle esque, I would say. Better, way better. Better. She she gets she like hangs in the air when she's she doesn't get a lot of just, distance on it, but she like just she seems is like obviously a, a two time cheerleader world champion as we discussed last week. So like, yeah. yeah, doing a moonsault is probably not a big big stretch for her, but oh, yeah. it's brilliant. Uh, Statlander walked out. They had their little their little stare down. Yeah, yeah, looks good. Uh, Castagnoli threw out an open challenge. We got Josh Barnett, obviously, as as discussed there earlier. We got the aforementioned Jericho and Omega versus Gates of Agony match, which you boys said was actually pretty good. Um, I, I thought it was very good. Very good. I like the Gates of Agony. I like the Gates of Agony. I think they're all right. We got a few uh, Omega 
promos. We didn't really touch on it, but a few Omega promos between Dynamite and Rampage that I thought were quite good for for what Omega typically delivers. They were very to the point, very direct, not his typical, I don't want to say Young Bucks-esque, but you know that the elite have kind of a uh, whatever about their promos. These promos were a little bit more pointed, a little bit more uh, well-delivered, I thought. Because they, they, they promo after the match uh, about about the, the upcoming match on uh, Wrestle Dream. It was good. Yeah, good. <laughs> Although they both pointed out that they lost to Osprey within a month. And then they made yeah. like, went, oh, we're, well, a bit, they got, we're a bit old and shit, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, they got to have something to overcome, don't they? they yeah, they do. Jericho was like, oh, it sucks. Sucks, doesn't it? And they both like nodded. So it was like, yeah, that was a fun little bonding moment for them there. Uh, the Righteous squashed Travis Williams and Judas Icarus. Uh, yeah, I've got a quick poll for you guys. Go on. Worst wrestling name, Judas Icarus or Exodus Prime? Which which is which is worse? Um, I'm going to go Prime just because I think it's just two of the most obvious words ever to use in wrestling. Yeah. Well, Judas Icarus. Uh, Judas Icarus sounds... not far behind. To be fair. To be fair. Yeah. Now, Judas Icarus. To be fair, I know you didn't see it, Barry. He's not like a, a, a Joker character who looks at his hands and goes, "Why am I this?" Okay. Way? But Judas Icarus. If I saw that on a on a run sheet, I would think this. That's what I'm getting <laughs> from yeah. a character called Judas Icarus. Um, he's just a guy, and he got beaten. And then they they did a, a spot that I've never seen in in wrestling before that I quite liked, uh, inspired by the movie Misery, which the commentators alluded to. Uh, they put uh, like uh, uh, the righteous put a bar of wood between his legs to keep him in kind of a not quite a split, but keep his legs uh, uh, like an angle, and then hit one of the ankles in with a chair uh, mm. to kind of break in the ankle. That that's spoilers that's uh, uh, uh taken directly from the book misery by Stephen. misery King. yeah which is quite nice that gives you okay that gives me a, a slightly more i guess of an understanding of the righteous characters that that's the 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 spot that they would do i thought that was pretty unique rather than just they put the chair on the leg and jump off the top rope okay we've seen you know a thousand people do that this was a different more interesting way of, of doing the same thing so yeah thumbs up then we got the main event, which is an all-star eight-man tag. We got Ooh. FTR and the Blackpool Combat Club, which was Yuda and Danielson, against Aussie Open, Big Bill, and Absolute Ricky Starks. Finish with Starks pinning Dax, which I'm surprised to read. So I guess maybe that'll be another uh, match down the line. Uh, how is this match? It looks good on paper. I'd say good eight, eight names there. Yeah, it was good. They really, really teased out Danielson getting in the ring. Yeah, I mean, it seemed to go like did it go 10 15 minutes before Danielson finally tagged in? I thought it was even longer. They really, like, really yeah. worked on Utah for a lot of the match, and Danielson mm. and, and the commentators were you know, Danielson's too afraid to get in the ring because obviously we had Zack Sabre Jr. and on commentary and Nigel on commentary, so they were both in the anti Brian camp. Mm. Uh, Zack Sabre at one point made a reference to like uh, Semaphore or the internet. And Jim Ross just like, well, by God, I don't know what you're talking wow. about. You don't know <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm just an old man. Don't use that. Semaphore's a bit, Semaphore's a bit modern for JR. 
Jerry Rouse didn't know what he's talking about. Um, so like, Saber names all his moves after like idols songs and shit like that. You know, Jr. is like, can't, forget it's not even just the Englishness of the man, but just half those references. He must just be yeah, like, oh, just, just John Cash. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't get references to anything these days. No. I don't think he understands what's going on. Um, still better than Kevin Kelly, though. To be honest, um, this was very yeah. good. So, so, like, just, the finish was. Just, the finish was slightly off i don't know what went wrong but it wasn't i think i think big bill was supposed to stop cash from breaking up the pin because cash was sliding into the ring and then just had to lie there while big bill was like looking out into the crowd on the other side of the ring i think that's what was supposed to happen um okay but yeah it was a bit weird uh and then they all schmazzed afterwards and uh and danielson and and saber had a little stare down a couple of slaps Uh, Daniel nice. went. Danson went to put him in the label lock, but he uh, he wriggled out and, and escaped. So we didn't we didn't quite get a, a technical spot between them. Uh, you have to pay for that. Uh, to pay for you. Very good. And that was uh, collision and uh, all roads leading to Wrestle Dream and the New Era. So we'll be back next week, obviously, to review that show, but we will segue now into the uh, uh, non-wrestling guffs here. We've got some uh, uh, movies, some TV, some games, some music to chat about. I've seen quite a few movies in my time away from you boys. Um, I'll give you the rundown here. Uh, I've seen a couple. Uh, the uh, the local uh, theater here that I like to go to, the the theater what they do plays in. Uh, they've started doing films again, so I'm going again. Um, it's like a seasonal thing. They take the summer off, but they're back now, which is great. And I feel like and they when you when I go to this theater, they play trailers for other kind of like art house and international films. And I feel like for years at this stage I, I haven't seen penelope cruz in a film but i constantly see trailers for her in like these incredible like festival darling international films and i haven't actually seen any of them uh but i did actually get to see one uh, this time i saw i'm probably going to pronounce this horribly wrong apologies in advance uh limonesita it is a spanish language film so any of our spanish uh language listeners can correct me on that uh, wait, no, it's not a Spanish language film. Uh, no, <laughs> it's an Italian film. <laughs> she no, plays. She Spanish, plays. Ring in yeah, and let us know. Yeah. No, no. If you're Italian, let us know because she plays. She's a Spanish wife of an Italian man uh, in a the, in, set in Italy. That's what threw me off. Anyway, or furious hand gestures from our Italian listeners. Oh, yeah. So please do uh, let me know the pronunciations. So yeah, this is a um, a film from I think last year. And uh, Cruz plays uh, a, a wife of a kind of very troubled family. She's kind of got... Uh, it's set in 1970s Italy as well. So so she's got this kind of um, abusive husband. They've got three kids together. The oldest um, uh, child is uh, uh, basically uh, trans, but difficult to be that in 1970s Italy. Uh, on top of that, um, the, the, um, uh, the, the trans character is also... Um, starts a friendship turned romantic relationship with like a, a, a Romany uh, child from like a, a, a traveler's district in the town, which is obviously forbidden. Her parents tell her not to go there and so on and so forth. Um, uh, uh, so it's, it's, it's got, uh, it's basically, it's, it's, it's not really about any one of those things. It's very much just a kind of slice of life of this, this family kind of in turmoil, um, uh, in this in this setting, and it's it's really good. It is it is really gr- really good. Cruz is amazing. You know, like I said, I haven't actually seen Penelope Cruz in a film in years. Like it's been so long. 
Um, and I think she was a, a fantastic in this as this kind of like well-meaning but like struggling maternal figure trying to keep things together in a family that's that's kind of falling apart. Really good. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, in two films from this year, I got a couple of spooky films. I'll save them for later since it's, it's the spooky month. Uh, I did watch Bottoms last night, which is the uh, Emma Siegelman follow-up to Shiva Baby, which was great. Starring Rachel Sennett and uh, Ao Edabiri, it's kind of the um, it's kind of been lauded as like bringing back the teen comedy, the raunchy teen comedy, so to speak. It's about like these two uh, uh, teenage girls, you know, played by twenty seven year olds, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, these two teenage girls who are like losers. They're the typical kind of like you know uh, uh, teen comedy style, just virgin losers who are outcasts. They're unpopular, and so they decide to start a sort of like women's self-defense empowerment class to uh, teach the girls at their school to fight, but really under the pretense of like getting to date them and feel them up and whatnot. Um, And it's very funny. It's more absurdist than I was expecting. Like it's, it's, it's more absurd than your like American pies and things like that. Things that kind of almost like the, 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 the raunchy teen comedies of 20 years ago, almost kind of revel in the grime and the down to earthness to like a disgusting degree. There's a little bit of that in this, but this one is also it's, it's borders on the cartoonish at times in ways I won't get into, but it's very, very funny. Lots of great performances. The two central performances are great. The supporting cast is great. Um, and it's a, a nice, tidy 90 minute runtime as well. So, uh, yeah, thumbs up on that. Uh, not quite as good as Shiva Baby, also completely different to, to Shiva Baby. They are two wholly different films. Like I said, this one this one could be a, a, a mass market teen comedy that blows up. And, and uh, you know, if it got like a full release internationally, I feel like it probably could have done super well. It got a fairly limited release in the States. It's already out on VOD. Um, as opposed to Shiva Baby, which was like a, that was a real indie feeling indie movie. But, uh, yeah, thumbs up. Uh, on bottoms and then into our scary films i saw another along with with bottoms another one of the more talked about kind of smaller films from this year uh talk to me uh from australia the australian indie horror bloody hell bloody hell uh it's about these uh teens who get their hands on this little what looks like a sort of mummified mannequin hand that they can use to communicate with the dead and what I really like about this film is that the fir- in like the first half of it, the, the teens in possession of this hand, they basically just use it as like a clout thing. Like if you're cool and you get invited to our party, we talk to ghosts at it and we, we film each other talking to ghosts and it's so trippy. And like all the losers want to go to the party so they can talk to ghosts, which I thought was that's that's a realistic portrayal of what a teen would do mm. with essentially a functioning Ouija board is basically the way it's presented in the film. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I think this... The, I think no matter how great horrors are, and there's a lot of great ones at the moment, I still think there's so much writing, um, uh, uh, wonky writing, especially of like teen characters. A lot, you know, they can always be very grating. Teens and kids in films, you know, uh, um, uh, are, are still things that can be just inherently irritating with how they're written and, and depending on the actor as well. Really great central cast here that I think carries the whole thing. Uh, likable characters, you know, um, uh, before before things start getting very scary, and then they start getting very scary, which is also good. It's 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 got scares, it's got a solid foundation of characters. Uh, yeah, really solid. Uh, that's talked to me, and that should I think that's out in VOD as well over here as well. And then also on uh, uh, the run sheet, uh, just came out there I think about a week or two ago. This is on Hulu in the states or Disney over here. Uh, no one will save you. Uh, it is called from uh, I think a first time director Matt Duffield I think his name is uh, starring uh, Caitlin Dever 
she of book smart and dope sick and a couple of other things and it's basically she plays a reclusive artist who has some sort of uh, some kind of social anxiety and is kind of ostracized from her local community for reasons that you don't quite understand at the beginning of the film. So she's this like uh, kind of like this hermit who just has this little life where she, you know, um, makes her little arts and crafts and she sells them online to sustain herself. And after establishing that her house is beset upon by aliens, basically uh, proper traditional little gray lads with big uh, uh, black orbs for eyes, real traditional alien designs in this one. And, it's one of those ones where I wouldn't really say too much beyond that, but it's very good. It's, it's good fun. Um, uh, it is almost completely dialogue free. Mm. Um, but I think you could probably count on one hand, the amount of words said in this film, which is great because basically the vast majority of it is her trying to survive in, in her house and occasionally getting out and trying to you know, think. But what, what, what's great is, is they, they did away with all the um, character screaming at the car to start, character saying where the fuck did i put the knife all that's gone there's none of that it's just it's just pretty much just caitlin dever just running around emoting and 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 trying to um you know contain her 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 terror and it's great it's really really effective um i don't think i don't think it sticks its landing and and ending's okay it's not terrible but um um yeah it's it's i'd recommend it if you're looking for um something that's spooky but not overly intense or overly horrific uh, and also, I think all three of these actually, uh, all four of these films actually, including including um, the first one I mentioned, I think they're all between ninety and one hundred minutes. So these are all actually very Ooh. digestible watches. We're big right. on the we're big on the reasonable film lengths here. Yeah. Um, uh, Getting folks. it out. What? Uh, where is that available? Is that, uh, available that is Disney available? over here? So Disney Plus. Yes. Yeah. So it was. Let's uh, fucking go. Uh, Hulu, Hulu in the states. <laughs> if you are a, a, an, an American. Uh, it's one of those ones I was watching as well, and I was kind of thinking because there's a lot of a lot of shite out of the cinema at the moment. Bebe, ooh, and nobody's going to see any of it. This is one of those ones that I was like, because it's actually pretty decent. I this is, and I it it feels like it wasn't made for a massive budget. I didn't look how much it was. I feel like this actually might have done okay based on word of mouth and stuff that they put on, but it was a straight to streaming uh, gimmick, sadly. Um, but yeah, no, that's good. Worth a watch. Worth a watch. Um, and that is my films for this week. Yeah, there's a good film out next week in the cinemas, which Barry and I have already seen, but I'm going to throw it there for anybody who's not seen it. It's it's actual, proper UK and Ireland release, Blackberry, comes into cinemas October Oh, 6th. yes, yeah, yeah. Seeing that on Tuesday. Oh. Free, free members screening at the Old Picture House. So. Very Look, good. I'm looking forward to your takes, Joe. Yeah, I'll look yeah. forward to that. Uh, lovely, lovely movie. I, I might go see it a second time. I was not thinking put, the same. I was thinking I would. Not, I would not probably to put go it over it. as a film worth seeing twice, but as as a big fan of the director, I might uh, might check it out another time. Um, I've seen also four movies in the week, four short movies, which are all interconnected. Ooh, uh, go on, little little Wesley Anderson, uh, him of uh, Asteroid City and oh, yeah. uh, Steve Zizou and Royal, Royal Tenenbaums. And Budapest Hotel, all them express thing. He's made a couple of shorts based on uh, some short stories by Roald Dahl, uh, namely the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, the Swan, the Rat Catcher, and Poison. Um, all feature pretty much the same cast playing different roles. So you've got Ray mm. Fiennes in there. You've got Benedict Cumberbatch. You've got Ben Kingsley. You've got Dev Patel, uh, Richard Awadi, 
Um, uh, and the last guy whose name I keep always forgetting. I'm going to look it up very quickly so I don't uh, miss it here. Uh, what's your name? Very good actor. Uh, Rupert Friend. <laughs> Friend. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these actors playing a variety of roles across these stories, and they're all kind of framed in the same way, where it'll start with, like, Ray Fiennes playing Roald Dahl, sitting in his writing room, introducing the story, and then it'll obviously cut to the story. Uh, they're all about 15 minutes long, with the exception of the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, which is about half an hour. So that's the longest one by far. Okay. Um, so the stories are kind of, I think Anderson's most visually like interesting he's ever done. It's, it's all uh, very tactile sets. So uh, almost like a play. So you'll have uh, the front of a house, right? And, characters will interact outside the front of the house the front of the house lifts up away and you see inside the house and the character will walk through the door and walk onto the the set now so it's all very like that very cool interesting uh visual stuff happening um the stories themselves vary from kind of realistic real things that dal saw and wrote about to the completely magical on the level of something like a charlie and the chocolate factory um Mm. The first one that came out, the the Henry Sugar, is, I think, the best one. It is the longest one, but it's also the the one that feels the most, like I said, like a chariot in the chocolate factory. The story is totally uh, compelling. It Also, compared to Wes Anderson's normal movies, uh, Henry Sugar moves at like 100 miles an hour. <laughs> it's okay, constantly yeah. happening. Um, in a way that kind of, I think, actually suits his storytelling more in a way, because there's so much happening for him to yeah. reflect on screen. It makes for a really, uh, really well-marriaged. I think R- Roald Dahl's stories are really well-suited to Wes Anderson's filmmaking style and kind of complement each other quite well. Um, so wonderful story of Henry Sugar. I don't want to give away what it's about because what, as I, I've read the story, so I kind of knew where it was going, but as you're watching it, there is like revelation after revelation after revelation that keeps the story moving and twisting and turning and you don't know where mm. it's going to go next super super good but again in in a in in a fairy it almost feels like a a, a really cool fairy tale but it's very mm. of Roald Dahl's magical more magical stories as i said charlie chalk factory the witches one of them then you have um the swan which is a lot closer to to kind of Dahl's autobiographical books like right. boy or solo where it's 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 not very magical at all. It's a really kind of brutal story about uh, bullying and uh, ultimately standing up in the face of of bad people, even if you don't necessarily win in the end. You win in the sense that you weren't taken in by by that badness, and that's kind of a theme in a lot of Roald Dahl's stories. Right? Is as you try in Chocolate Factory, the bad kids get their comeuppance or, or, or the twits you have bad people and, and so on and so forth um rat catcher is kind of in between it's just a really <laughs> weird interesting story about uh a rat catcher who's who comes in to, to clear out some rats out of a, a local town and that i thought was really interesting even though it's not kind of magical in the way that the stories are it kind of yeah. had elements of that so that was kind of halfway in between and then the last one poison is a story about a man who wakes up in the middle of the night to find uh, a deadly venomous snake asleep on his tummy. So, 
you've got a really wide range of story types. You've got the magical to the realistic to the weird to the tense. And I mean, I, I would say to sit down and watch them in one sitting would work because they all have the same framework, the same actors, same visual style and so on. So they would work as as one movie, like an hour an hour fifteen movie, let's say. But it's also cool watching one and saying, "Oh, I can't wait for the one tomorrow," and seeing what the one you know the following day because these were released on four consecutive days. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward now to a, a nice Criterion Blu-ray release of the set. I know Criterion are, are good for releasing Wes Anderson's movies. Um. But yeah, they're on Netflix and they are absolutely worth a watch. I think the the wonderful story of Henry Sugar in particular, I just thought was absolutely brilliant. Probably my favorite Anderson thing he's made since, I mean, Grand Budapest Hotel, maybe. Mm. Um, so about a decade is probably the best thing he's made. And for people like me who, who kind of liked uh, Asteroid City but thought there wasn't kind of enough going on, this is like the, the exact opposite. This is Wes Anderson's filmmaking being applied to a roller coaster as opposed to a, a lazy river, you know? Mm. Um, great, great story as well. Great performances across the board, but like the most fantastic looking stuff he's ever produced. So big, big thumbs up to all of those, uh, particularly Henry Sugar, which I think is the best one. Alrighty. Good, uh, good collection of films this week. They are also, uh, they are all also live action, whereas his previous Roll Dahl stuff was stop motion. These are stop not motion. stop. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to the cinema again tomorrow. I'm going <laughs> to see Past Lives. Nice. I've heard it's very good. Looking, looking forward to that. So yeah, uh, that is the motion pictures. Who has watched some telly this week? Well, I can review uh, five seasons of, of TV. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> We started watching a show called Greek. I don't know if either of you ever used to watch the show. It was on, I think it's kind of like 2007, 2008 era, that kind of late noughties. But it's I don't think a, I've a fr- even heard of it. It's set in a fraternity, hence the, the name Greek. Yeah. Um, it stars Spencer Grammer, daughter of... The voice of uh, the sister in Rick and Morty. Yeah. Whose name I don't remember. Um She's the kind of lead character, or one of the lead characters. Um, it's a kind of funny 2000s-era comedy drama, um, very sort of of the time, lots of kind of very topical references that now seem very, very dated, 15 or 10 or 15 years on. Um, but it's quite fun. It's kind of... I don't exactly what to compare it to. It's kind of in that kind of teen comedy drama, but it's a bit more silly. It actually right. reminds me a bit more of like a, a kids' show than a than like The OC or something like that, or Dawson's Creek, because it's a bit more wacky. They're getting into lots of like fraternity schemes, and oh, we've got to get the keg of beer out from the dean's office and all this kind of you know, <laughs> like climb through a window and do all this sort of thing. Uh, kind of mixed with romance, but um, it's quite an enjoyable show. We've we was through, and it's only I think it's like ten episodes a season. It's not a twenty-four episode type yeah, deal. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's quite fun. Uh, we made it to the last series, but we've stalled a bit because it's Gilmore Girls season. So we've got ah. to schedule it. So we're leaving the final season to watch uh, later on. But, um, yeah, it's a fun little one. It's on Channel Four OD. So uh, yeah, we we've been enjoying that. So yeah, now moving on to Gilmore. 
Yeah, I, I miss Gilmore Girls a bit, to be honest. Mm. Um, I don't think mm. it's a show that I would necessarily get back into watching myself, though. Mm. Yeah. Um, I definitely miss watching it. Um, no, I've never heard of Greek. I mean, that might be something worth checking out. I, it's funny, mm. we, we were just talking about it earlier because I mentioned to... to Brona, that, that that two voices, Summer and Rick and Morty. It's funny that Joe mm. just mentioned it. We, I also just said it earlier today. And then she started looking it up and she's like, she apparently loved Greek. I I have never seen mm. or heard of it before. But, um, but yeah. Um, so speaking of Rick and Morty voices, something that might continue. Go on. Uh, I was watching Scrubs, which features uh, Sarah Chalk, the voice of the mother in Rick and Morty. Yes. Uh, Dr. Elliot Reed. Uh, and an interesting thing happened this week because I was watching uh, with my brother and he has for the longest time, he, he's seen Scrubs before, right? he's watched through it, so he knows he knows what it's about. But for the longest time, he was kind of looking down on me and my enjoyment of it because I'm, I'm, I also listen to the Watch Long podcast that they do for Scrubs. Yeah. So you say Scrubs is just that show where they go, eagle, and that's like, yeah, it's shit. So I said, okay, just randomly <laughs> we were here. We put on... Uh, Sounds hilarious. <laughs> I, I like it when he does it. Um, I think th- like, I'm, I'm on season seven, episode nine now, so I'm coming to the end of the run. I think there's like, uh, he says he says eagle like five times. It, it doesn't happen every episode. But we were stuck on an episode seven, uh, episode eight or nine, I think, My Manhood. And we watched it, and he, we were just fucking roaring, laughing, watching it. Just having it was so. I don't know why, because most episodes were not this funny, but it was just the absolute funniest episode. Yeah. And he, he like turned around afterwards. He was like, "I was wrong. <laughs> it's great." <laughs> <laughs> but but interestingly, we then put on an episode of The Simpsons, not to compare them or anything, just like, oh, we put on, put on something else, put on episodes. And he was referencing the episode. What was that episode where they turn the? They're doing the focus group, and Nelson turns the knob on Millhouse's thing to make him like the hunk mm. or whatever. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Let me look. I haven't seen that episode in a while, whatever it was. Let me, let's look it up and see what it was. It's the mm. Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show. Season eight, episode like 15 or, or, or it's, it's, it's later than you might think. Stuck it on. And uh, I, I'll say as far as how much it holds up, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show generally is not a, a golden era episode. Oh, I, no. say. I was surprised myself because I've always yeah. considered you guys pretty sure that's one of, that's one of the good ones and i was watching that and i was surprised myself because i did a simpsons rewatch i would say recently enough probably in the last six years five seven six years uh but i was watching this time i was surprised i was really taken aback by how many of the jokes just like don't land um like it wasn't bad by any means don't get me wrong but like when you hold like oh stick on a random Simpsons and just have a whale of a time and all the references mm. it's just actually pretty show is not one of them I was surprised by how kind of like not middle of the road but like three star at most it was yeah like, really it's like it is just the, the concept of Poochie is, is the great thing and what yes. that represents in our pop culture now that is great. Better than the jokes of the episode. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the uh, the concept, I think, is strong, but they also they do that with the Roy bit, right? And the Roy bit's funny on its own, but then there's nothing hung from that. There's no funny bits that the no. Roy... Like, the Roy character in, in, in uh, practice isn't funny. It doesn't do anything funny, and there's no... I don't know. So... Anyway, in this, 
edition of Scrubs versus Simpsons. I gotta say, Scrubs wins. Sorry. Wow, that's a that's a shock upset to kick off this new series. <laughs> so that's all. That's all I've watched because I've been I've been uh, watching obviously the the Netflix shorts instead of watching TV this week. Of course. Oh, yeah. Let me just throw in one little aside. It, it's it's TV adjacent. Um, Joe, what did you make of the VAR in the footy this week? The VAR controversy uh, in the Liverpool Tottenham game. I thought it was hilarious. Do you, do you hear about I this, Barry, that. by the way? No, no, wow. go on. It was, I mean, it was so an error. Liv- no, it was a comical error, especially if you're watching the Rugby World Cup and you see how, okay, in the Rugby World Cup, when there's a decision to be made, the referee has a mic oh. and you hear him. And I, I'm not they putting rugby over, like so I don't watch rugby. They stopped I don't watch rugby. for like half an hour. It's boring. No, no, no but they say, look, very clear. There's obviously a structure to it. The ref says, mm. look, this is what I've observed. This is what my decision is. Uh, tell me what you see. And then the other, the guy looking at TV will say, okay, here's what I see. And the ref says, uh, confirm that that's a try given. And the guy goes, yes, I agree. And then the ref says, okay, this is the decision. Here's what happened in the football. So Liverpool scored a perfectly good goal. And the on-field decision was that it was offside, right? Go to the replay. He's not offside. Uh, they go to the VAR to check it out. VAR says, or oh, whatever, it's not. And the game goes on, goal disallowed, right? What actually happened was, the VAR looked at it and thought that the referee had given the goal, uh, which was not the case. And so they just said, check completed. And the ref went, all right. And the game just kicked off with a free kick. And no one was like, are you sure? I mean, we're, we're, we're given the goal. Or like, there was like no, apparently no communication at all in terms of what the actual on-field decision was and what the VAR decision was. Um, and so Liverpool was just not given a perfectly good goal because of this comically bad communication between the ref and the VAR. I mean, let's just knock it on the head. Bring, bring in the, the robot, bring in the AI to do the offsides. If this happened before VAR, like this used to, well, this, not all the time, but this sort of thing happened before VAR. There were mistakes. The problem with VAR is it's come in as if we are going to eliminate all mistakes from football. We were at, yeah, it was 96% correct before. We're going to make it 100% correct all the time. Right. But that's impossible. You're never going to have 100. It's always going to be like even the guys sitting in the room looking at the TV. Unless there's they shades of gray. Ten minutes, yeah. There's always going to be an error. There's always going to be a fuck up. Like it's not. Yeah. But like the expectation is now that it's always going to be perfect. But of course it's not. And if this had happened 10 years ago, if the referees had missed an offside, like people would complain, you know, fans would complain, the manager would complain. We'd all forget about it the next day because it's a mistake, you know, like it happens. True. But I, I think the issue here is not that they missed the offside, is that they the VAR team thought that it was a goal being given and the referee thought that it wasn't and there was a big... They, yeah. they weren't aligned. Like, there, there was obviously the, the infrastructure in terms of how they communicate was not in place. It seems like it's a stupider mistake than than than, and I suppose I suppose any mistake that goes through two layers of review is inherently stupider than than you know, but like what we uh, had in the World Cup, right? Where they go to the little graphic and you see the whole thing across the pitch, and the lad's finger is going through it, and you go offside. Let's just bring that in. Let's get get rid of people looking at screens. Waste of time. Yeah, and, I, and I if the ref has to do a red card. Automated yeah. offside, automated goal line. Other yeah. than that, I'd get rid of everything else. Fuck it. Let it be up to the... Because everything other than that is quite subjective. So even yeah. when you show the replay, it's like, well, you could have different opinions anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just let the ref on the pitch decide. Well, you, Don't what you, what you can do is yeah, have the ref on the pitch decide and just do like, if he wants to have a second look at it, he can look. 
but oh, like it'd be up to the referee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I thought. I thought. As soon as I saw it, I said, that's a goal. That's not offside. And then when I heard that it wasn't that they thought that they'd given offside, it was that they mm. thought the ref had... Oh, I was like, lads, these idiots running this thing. Anyway, sorry. Go on with the TV. <laughs> Barry, what anyway, have you been watching? That's where on the TV. I'm watching kind of the, the stuff I've mentioned there recently, uh, you know, workaholics, stuff like that. Uh, nearly finished with Always Sunny Season 16, I believe is this most recent one. Uh, proper return to form. I think it's one of their best seasons they've done in a, in a long time. The last season yeah. was the I- Ireland visit, which mm. was a, seriously disappointing. I mean, they they had a couple of um, couple of good bits here and there in that one, but it, it was a, it was a major disappointment. It's also one of those TV shows. You have a couple of shows and movies that was just like so obviously hampered by COVID. There's a bunch of stuff horribly CGI'd and butchered and edited, and it's just you know you can tell they were hamstrung in certain ways. Season sixteen. I I've been belly laughing. Oh, I've been belly laughing at it. Um, they are they are back, uh, uh, which is good. Uh, so yeah, thoroughly enjoying that. And uh, we actually started rewatching Rick and Morty uh, in the run up to this new season. Uh, we're halfway through season three now. You know, I think uh, uh, you know, uh, um, Total Recall is still my my favorite episode uh, from this current reviewing. I think that's I think that's the all time best. Um, yeah, there's not much, not much to take on it. I'm curious to see, you know, because I've, I've watched the first two seasons a million times and then pretty much everything after three, I've, I've basically watched when they aired and that's it. I'm, I, I haven't revisited those later seasons too much. Uh, so yeah, so we'll see that. And then obviously they put out that trailer this week with the new voices, which people were going to act like they, they were so different because they, they come down on one side or the other of Royland should be involved or he shouldn't be involved. And I watched the trailer and I was like, could be him i don't if you did, if i didn't know that he wasn't involved i wouldn't know one way or the other that it's not it could be it's it would be completely believable to me that it's just voice actors change over the course of eight you listen to the simpsons do you know what i mean it's like i didn't i didn't i, I thought two things about that trailer i said i didn't really notice the voices one or the other and i didn't think it was that funny it didn't really get me super excited for the new season mm, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll he's watch a leg it he's a leg barry yeah it's funny i just got done watching the pickle rick episode i was like all right, all right. I, I watched the original fucking joke the tiny rick episode which i actually don't really like but it has it has one of their best subplots which is the marriage counseling thing which is great and then I watched the Pickle Rick episode, which I think is genuinely really good, despite the fact that it became this obnoxious the meme. meme. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I'm sure that's probably going to be like a cold open bit and nothing more beyond that. I hope there's not another episode like self-referential. We're going to reference the show's meme status. I don't need another one of those, but we'll. I won't judge too harshly before before the show comes out. But yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the Morty voice was exactly spot on. Yeah. The Rick voice definitely mm-hmm. is a little cleaner yeah than, than normal but it's the kind of thing that you you'll 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 go oh my god i'm in my head about it and two minutes into the episode you'll have forgotten you won't care yeah yeah oh the other thing as well is pff, the voices are kind of the thing you, you tolerate about the show because the comedy is good roiland has one of the most annoying fucking voices especially when he shows up on another cartoon and it's he's just doing morty he's just doing morty in, in a guest role in another cartoon so annoying so i i i I can't say that i really cared one way or the other uh um uh, about as if it's some uh, sacred legendary character voice i don't i don't really like the voice acting in the show in general especially because like he would do all the extra characters as well it's like like i said that that is my least favorite thing about the show it's the thing you kind of tolerate because i think the writing is so good 
But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll catch that show there uh, once it hits. Uh, I've been t- playing a bajillion video games here. I won't go in depth on all of them. Uh, Paul, have you jumped back into Mario Galaxy since I've started Mario Galaxy? I jumped back into it. I have hundred percent of it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just he's lapped me. He's lapped me. <laughs> I, was t- I was talking to Joe about this last week. I in watching your streams, I did get inspired to pick it back up because I'd been playing it the year before. I I dropped off on forty three stars. I think I said okay. And the week since, I've hundred percent of it. Okay. <laughs> so. It's a game that you can absolutely just pick up and sink hours into. So what, what I'll quickly review Mario Galaxy 1 is, obviously, I think, on. it's a, I think it's a phenomenal game. I think it it's a game that there's so much good shit in it that it's almost a disservice to just mainline it and, and yes, beat it. Yeah. There's some really, really great... As, as you beat a level, the second, third starts some really, really phenomenal stuff in there. There's especially... I know you got one of the green stars. Just three green stars in the game. And if you get those, it unlocks this little, what's called the Trials Planets. And those are very, very difficult. They're probably the hardest stars in the game. But, like, there's such great, like, use of the gimmicks of the game. Like the uh, the little swimmy guy that you had to configure your... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and the rolling on the super monkey ball thing. Love that, yeah. Great, great, great levels. But at the same time... Uh, did you? I forget, Joe. Did you also get? You got all the stars in Galaxy, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. yeah. you might know the the purple coin levels towards the end. So once you 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 can't actually get all 120 stars and then beat Bowser. You can only uh, there's only 104 stars available to you uh, without having beaten Bowser. When you beat Bowser, that unlocks then the red or purple comets which unlocks these purple coin levels, which are just run around the level and collect 100 coins. Mm-hmm. Majority, now, that's not to say not, they aren't all good, but a lot of them are really slow and yeah. take ages and aren't very fun. So it's kind of a hard game to recommend to somebody to get the 120 stars. I would say get get to 100 uh, and, and do all the good content in the game and then never bother doing the the purple coin missions might be the way to go. I had already decided to do them, so I was kind of stuck mm. that way. But a lot of them are just you matter-of-factly walk around the level and collect all the coins. And it's, it's not it's not fun in the way that, you know, Mario Galaxy is at its essence just a series of challenge levels, and, and they're very fun. That stuff is not very fun. Uh, and I've started Mario Galaxy 2 already, and I'm 10 stars in. Uh, I'm very much enjoying that as well. And apparently, nice. uh, I haven't obviously got to it yet, but I've what I've heard is Mario Galaxy Two really takes the foundational ideas of Galaxy and gets very creative with the level design. Right. Uh, apparently, way above what Galaxy has. So I'm really looking forward to getting to that. Now, what it doesn't have though is a proper hub world, which I I do like a hub world. I like the yeah, Mario- I like a hub world. Yeah, and have, have the music play. But I also like the convenience of. You turn it on, you're into a level without having to run up every time to the rock and That's that's fair. That's fair. But you know, yeah, I do love that music in the hub world in one though. Oh for sure. Uh, I mean it's yeah. great. I mean, look, yeah, I do, you know, all, coming to Mario Galaxy for the first time all these years later, I mean I don't really have too much unique to say about it. I mean, it is phenomenal. I mean it is phenomenal. And it's like 
all the, the the surfing levels, all the levels where you're flicking back and forth between which directions gravity you're going, they're all, they feel shockingly good considering how disorienting they could be and how, how bad they could be made by, by you know, someone else. It's, it's, it's so, so great. So I am loving it. Um, uh, and I, I, I did mention on stream this week that I like I, I, I treated myself this month to, to, to a couple of bangers because I am also playing Silent Hill 2, which is another one that I'm coming to, you know, 20 years late. And I'm like, I don't really have much of a dissenting opinion on it. I mean, it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. I will say that as someone who hasn't finished it yet, but it is one of the best like looking and sounding games I think I've, I've ever played. It's a game that that's aesthetics have been aped so thoroughly and so much. And yet I'm playing it now in 2023 and I'm going, nothing has touched this since. I mean, it's, it's, it's just incredible. It's so eerie and weird and unsettling and it just sounds great. And it's just, it's all those, it's all the good things about that PS2 era of aesthetics. Do you know what I mean? It's just realistic enough, but it's not going for any kind of stupid hyper-realism. It's just, oh, it's great, and it's creepy, and it's it's intriguing. Every character you meet, every comic, there's you know relatively limited dialogue in it, but every every time you get a little cutscene, it is like a little reward, and you're just kind of, you're getting another breadcrumb on the trail, and I'm just, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. So yeah, loving those uh, uh, two games at the moment. Quickly on some other stuff. MK1, Mortal Kombat 1, I'm still playing that. I haven't, I haven't really sat down to even finish the story, so I haven't played a, uh, much of it, but it's, I'm still enjoying it. The story is, it's, it's uh, the, the, the voice acting on the characters is so good, and it's so funny. In particular, Shang Tsung, he's so campy and chewing so much scenery, like a Saturday, like a Power Rangers villain. Every line of dialogue from Shang Tsung in this game is like, mm, interesting that you think you've captured me, but you haven't. No, uh, I will very much be escaping and taking over the world. Yes, it's that tone every single time that character opens his mouth. And it's just so, so, so funny. It's just it's it continues after all these years. They've, they've made several of these games now with the great story mode, and it, it continues to be a novelty that I really like that they um, uh, uh, they have they've turned their storytelling uh, around so much. Speaking of storytelling, I played a game called Storyteller on oh, the on the mobile phone, the Android mobile telephone. This is one of those Netflix games. So if you have a Netflix subscription. You go onto the Netflix app on your little telephone. You go to their game section. You find this. It takes you to a Google Store page that I guess you can only access with a subscription. You can download it. I had heard of this game earlier this year. It was a moderately well-received Steam game. It's only out on PC and now on Android. And I saw that. The thing about Netflix is that of all the games... So they have their game section. And a lot of it is like... Stranger Things 17, uh, uh, too hot to handle, uh, the floor is lava, but it's a match three game. They have a bunch of shite, but then they also have stuff like um, uh, that TN- TMNNT game that came out last year. The Android port of that is on there. WrestleQuest, which came out this year, that RPG, you know. So um, amidst all the licensed crap that they put out for their own shows, they also are genuinely putting together good deals to get mobile versions of respect. Like they got like... People were calling out for like a mobile port of Into the Breach, that game from a couple of years ago, and they have one, but it's only on Netflix now. So they are doing the work. So Storyteller is great. It's a game I think that anyone can play. So it's one of those ones that if you don't play a lot of games, but you have a Netflix subscription, I would recommend this. The way it works is you're given the title of a story and three blank comic book panels, right? And you've got 
uh, two settings and three characters. And so it'll be things like um, uh, the uh, knight avenges his love, right? And so what you do is you put in the wedding scene and the knight marries the queen and then you put in the murder scene and it's uh, Jacob kills the queen and then you put in another murder scene and you put the knight killing Jacob and, and it's it, that's the way it is. So basically... Uh, uh, it's it's um, uh, a puzzle. It's a very basic uh, uh, puzzle solving game where you're given just the just the title of a story and then a bunch of principal characters and like a handful of locations and you can arrange them in any order you want. And it starts getting more and more meta as it goes on because what you can do is if in the first panel of your story you kill a character, you can still use that character, but the next time you drag them into a panel, there'll be a ghost. So there'll be a story about, oh, so-and-so haunts their murderer. And so it's like, one panel, there they are being killed. Second panel, there they are as a ghost haunting the person who killed them. And that's the 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 um, uh, uh, the mechanic. And the way they, they kind of keep it interesting as well is that once you solve the story once, uh, there are optional objectives where it'll be uh, kind of like, uh, you know... Um, treachery to get the throne and so you have a couple of characters that you want to cycle through becoming king and queen and then there's an optional objective where it's like do it without having anyone be killed and stuff like that it's really really great like i say it's the type of thing i think uh, people who don't play games i think could give this a whirl and 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 it's very it's very kind of self-explanatory in the sense of when you just look at it so even if you're not big into games, you would piece together what the mechanics are. It's very, very intuitive. So uh, thumbs up on Storyteller there. Um, uh, that is a, a Netflix game. Also available on Steam for like a tenner, I think, if you want to play it on PC. Uh, I played Party Animals, which is basically a, a, a gang beasts made by a different developer. It's one of those kind of ragdoll physics multiplayer games where you're punching people trying to knock them off a platform, a Mario Party-esque thing. It's all right. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, There's not too much to it. Uh, El Paso Elsewhere is a Max Payne-like kind of slow-motion dive-through-the-air uh, shooter with a kind of PS1 aesthetic, which is really cool. So your character model is like a stiff-looking character with a JPEG for a face, uh, you know, um, that, does, that doesn't animate at all, but intentionally so. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, uh, I like that. It's, it, again, it's a Max Payne-y kind of slow-mo dive, two pistols, shoot all the enemies. That's, that's kind of the mechanic, but it's, it's pretty cool. And uh, then I have restarted with my girlfriend. I have restarted The Last of Us 2 because we were chatting about it and she didn't want to wait for three years or whatever it's going to be for the show uh, to come back. So she's going to experience it for herself and then she can can weigh up the adaptation when it hits screens in like four years or whatever. So we are past, I would say, the first chapter of the game and we will go back to there at some point. So I'm enjoying that. I'm taking the reins on that, obviously, because it's it's tough. It's it's a hard game for someone who doesn't really play a lot of games to try and do. So I, I'm I'm kind of directing things on that. But yeah, yeah, lots of games this week. Um, what about album of the week? Oh, we got an album of the week. Um, it is the what's the name of the album? Blame it on my ex by the Beaches. So the Beaches are a Canadian band, an all girl band. It's kind of, it's been described as rock, I've seen it. I see it's quite pop rock. Like, it's very poppy. bit rocky, but very poppy. Um, I hadn't heard of them before, but it was just another Spotify kind of algorithm recommendation. And I, I thought it's it's really, really good. It's a very kind of catchy album. Um, I will say, I like, I searched for some reviews of it before we came on to see what kind of the big, you know, reviewers are saying. It's not been reviewed by any of, like, the big 
magazines, um, you know, the Rolling Stones and that that type. So I don't know, a little bit under the radar. I this is their second album. They had another one out a few years ago, which I don't, which I think did well in in Canada, but didn't particularly take off sort of outside of that. But I'm a little bit surprised because I, I think it's really good sound and the sort of stuff that could really uh, do well, you know, on the radio or just yeah, really, really kind of catchy stuff. So, so I've re- I've really enjoyed it. A bit of an un- unexpected um, pleasure for me there. But yeah, the, the beaches they're really, really good. If you like that hmm. that kind of sound, I would 100 yeah. percent recommend it. I know another um, pop rock sound that never really took off, but I thought could have could have been a big hit potentially. Mm. Eight NXT rookies, <laughs> eight WWE pros, one. Um, get it up the iTunes chart. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to any music this week. I do have a little th- last thing before we go, though. So I have a, mm. a, a lock here, a padlock, little one. That I use for uh, when I go to the gym. So it's one of the ones where you have the little uh, numbers, little twisty. What do you call them? Little a pa- uh, padlocks. This is a, that's a padlock. It's, it's a padlock, it? but it's, a, it's it's a combination lock where combination you turn padlock, yeah. almost yeah. like on a briefcase. You turn the numbers mm, to, to yeah. the alignment, and then you can. So what you do is you you open it up and you you turn it ninety degrees and push it down. That's how you set the code, right? Uh. And so what I would do, I've just been fiddling with this while we've been recording, and I've accidentally changed the code, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> so I've left that's why I've never like purchased that. one of those because I was like, I will immediately do that. I will immediately do that. And and uh, why you of all things to fidget with when you're doing the show, like it was, just, it was there. Ah, uh, well. Anyway, next week Paul will review a new padlock. He's going to have to buy. Um, I, no, I, I saw. Have- I have I have about four of them because I kept forgetting to bring one, having to buy more. So I have lots of them. So that's I saw a video online earlier of I thought it seemed really cool of um, a padlock with a uh, fingerprint sensor on it, right? And you hook it up to your phone, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, yeah. but the way, but because it's like Bluetooth into your phone and it's using it's you know it's basically all tied to your phone. It has like three hours of battery life, and I was like, well, that's what? that's like what tying your bike up when you pop to the shop. It's not it's not going to do much like long term. Um, yeah. So nothing, nothing wrong with um, uh, nothing wrong with a good old fashioned padlock with a number combination on it. Anyway, let me take a big sip of coffee and re-listen to the last ten seconds of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I can get it. it's uh, only only a thousand possible combinations. We should be able to figure. Yeah, out. Well, how many well. is it? What is uh, uh, nine? Is it is it literally is it one thousand? Yeah, because yeah, it's nine nine nine. You can have you can have zero zero zero. zero. Oh, interesting. Okay, well, Paul will give us his update on that next week. I, I've done two hundred lads and I haven't come across it yet. Um, <laughs> the problem but, is, it could uh, literally be anything. I've not. I don't know. Anyway, that is in fact the problem. Locks. <laughs> uh, I mean, but if it makes you feel better when you eventually get it open and you slap it on a on a bike, uh, the robber is going to be like, "This could be literally anything." You know, there's a thousand solutions for this. It works. It works. Yeah. So they, you know, that company they they knew what they were doing when Mr. What Padlock can, invented. What you Padlock. can do time how long it takes you to break it, then you'll know how long you've got when you're in the shop. So if it takes you 45 minutes, you're like, right. If no, it's at the gym and i i'm only ever in the gym for five minutes so it's, it's I, i'm good i'm imagining this is like this happening during like the setup <laughs> I, I, walk for a into, I walk into the gym and look around and go nope and then i go home he goes to the vending machine gets himself uh, <laughs> <laughs> some, <laughs> some seven up flavored uh, chewing gum and then he's off 
I just imagine this happening in the like, flavor because we talked about that off the air. Uh, People don't know about that's that. lore. That's lore. He got it's Tic Tacs aren't chewing gum. Anyway, I'm just <laughs> imagining the, the, the padlock situation happening during like the setup of a saw trap. And like one of Jigsaw's apprentices going, I, I oh, fucked it up. I actually don't know what the combination is. Like, oh, shit. You, you idiot. It was supposed to be the birthday of the man he ran down 10 years ago. That was the lesson he was supposed to learn. I know. But what I did was as a compromise, because I couldn't get it to work, I just reset it to 111. All right. He'll, he'll figure that out. Um, Joe, you haven't seen Saw X yet? No, socks. I would like to see that. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm hope, pretty hope. sure I've seen all the other. Uh, well, no, yeah, I didn't, you, you, I didn't you, see you, Book of Spiral. I didn't see the Book of Spiral. Oh, okay, okay, because you 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 did a you did a run through of them uh, a couple of years ago. I'm fairly sure when they I, were. I'm pretty sure I've seen all the others. Yeah. You saw so which the is Book the... of Spiral when he faced Miro at the last pay per view. What? Oh God, that's <laughs> dreadful. That's dreadful. Just just two books. Not even close. Doesn't even sound similar. Just just two books. <laughs> Just no, two the books. Book of. The book of. Anyway, we're 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 going to wrap up here uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on that terrible uh, uh, pun. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about Wrestle Dream and maybe Saw X and probably and Past Lives and other video games um, and that um, uh, as we as we uh, count down to the spooky season's conclusion. Uh, all right, thanks for listening, everyone. It's farewell from me, Barry. It's farewell from Joe. Goodbye. It's farewell from Paul. NXT rookies. Ah, oh, he's got his exit theme. Pros. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Dream.